Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here, we're going to start this now. All right, welcome to this episode of uh, Robotech Fan. I'm your host, uh, Doug Bindo, and today we are going to have a live episode of Robotech Fan. Um... It took longer than what I thought, and uh, that's due to the fact that the tablet I was supposed to have to record everything with just came up, like, missing, lost in translation somewhere, so I gotta, like, figure out where the heck that thing is. So, of course, I am now using the, um, the PC. That's what I'm using, and, um, yeah, we'll just do it like this. So, I'm going to be hosting the show live from the phone, um, which I normally don't do, and I'm going to be recording on the PC, so this should all turn out just fine anyways. Um, I'm going to let you guys uh, introduce yourselves. Now keep in mind, in the way that we have to do this show, we do have to mute when we don't talk. Okay, so like basically, um, I'm going to mute myself here, and then I'm going to let you guys sit up here and talk, alright? So go right ahead. Muted. Uh, hello, I'm... I'm I'm Maurice, uh, a long-time Robotech fan. Hello, this is Winston, WD Kaiser V1 and Robotech Forums, uh, Robotech fan. Um, you know, I'm a guy that was uh, almost banned from Robotech.com for saying that to Microspirits. <laughs> Unmuted. Okay, so we're going to have uh, Maurice here for about half an hour, and then we'll have uh, Kaiser, I want to say, uh, a bit longer, I'm going to assume. Um, and uh, i got to catch up with Kaiser anyways. Uh, so in the last live episode that we did, I mean, we had a lot of good stuff going on. And um, in my pre-recorded episodes, I've actually expanded on what I've been talking about in live episode. So I do like the way that that actually works. Um, so like in the last episode that I did, which I don't know if I even uploaded my pre-recorded episode, which I did earlier this week, um, I was talking about like universal, you know, technologies and stuff like that, comparing and contrasting it um, with what the audience can actually relate to, to the, um, you know, futuristic, futuristic, there we go, futuristic aspects of what you actually find in an actual series. So, one of the things that, um, you know, I, I had centered myself around in, in the last pre-recorded episode was basically uh, the Macross Saga. That's what I did, simply because it's the, you know, beginning point of Robotech. And, you know, talking about how, you know, you have, like, the, the global civil war, um, and that's where you start off, you know. And the global civil war, naturally, you get to assume that humanity is at the stage of wherever the audience is at at that point in time you know like in other words it's it's not like we live in a world where helicopters don't exist where you know um biological weapons don't exist you know um tanks don't exist highways don't exist uh bridges don't exist you know we live in a world where all these things you know stay consistent so one of the nice things about robotech and how it works 
is whether you look at the year, you know, like 1999 as a hard date, or whether you're we're going to be living in the year, you know, like 2030, like, you know, uh, 16 years from now, or, or, or 14, or however many years it's going to be. Um, you're basically uh, not going to be in a scenario where when you watch the beginning of Robotech, it's going to seem out of date. You know, um, in, in the, in the uh, last episode that I did, I did sit up here and basically try to stress, you know, the fact that when you're talking about Robotech specifically and um, how it works is although you have technologies that do change, there's basic fundamental technologies that do not change from a universal background of how stories told. You know, so for example, if you talk about, you know, residential aspects of things, you know, it, it takes a long time for residential aspects to actually evolve and change. I mean, like, granted, more houses can be put on, be put on a, a block or something like that. But like the language of the individuals that live on that block, um, the foods that they eat, um, the way in which, you know, they uh, effectively carry themselves over um, from, you know, uh, a day-to-day, -day, you know, living cycle really doesn't change that much, you know, and, and you find this out as you get older, you know, usually there has to be like a catastrophic event, you know, like, for example, if you're talking about, you know, World War II in Berlin and the bombings that took place there or how, you know, uh, Nazi Germany bombed, you know, um, um, uh, you know, Britain, so on and so forth. You know, after you have catastrophic events that happen like that, then what you t tend to have is you do have like a remodeling of, you know, Melipop, mel uh, I can't talk now, um, basically districts and centers, um, where you do see be due to the um, era that they live in, you know, the more modernization of things that take place simply because that's just the way you're going to rebuild the house or you're going to rebuild, you know, the, um, the city, uh, you know, just to, just to keep it plain from, from that respect. Um, you know, having running water and so on and so forth, you know, having the basic necessities for sanitation and things of that nature. So like, that's, that's one of the things that I did touch on heavily in the last episode of uh of robotech fan now um real quickly though uh maurice where did you want to go with today's episode in terms of like the topic that you wanted to talk about because i know you're shorter on time uh well we could discuss that uh i mean i mean we'll we'll uh well one example is so we're still using uh ideas and technologies from the 1960s, although although the equipment is different, uh, we're still using them. One example is is um, most people do not know that uh, cloud computing is is not new. People that they were doing it back in the 60s, but not in the in in the way that we're doing it now. For example, uh, an airline reservation. Um, people talk to the you know they called uh, uh, the their travel agent, and they were doing um, uh, that um, with a travel agent uh, putting.
find the info on the mainframe computer that was uh, over a thousand miles away from from the from where uh, the travel agent and the client uh, were. So there, so there are lots of things that that, that do not change all that much. So I, I, I agree with you there. Unmuted. And Kaiser, uh, what did you want to say about that? Muted. Sorry about that. I have to I had to, to get used to this, uh, you know, new thing. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, we can talk about that. I mean, uh, I like the idea. Um, one other thing is, uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, I think we're going to stay a little longer, right? Because I, I guess... Uh, him is gonna is gonna is gonna have to leave in the next 15 minutes according to what he said so uh but yeah i mean me personally i would like to talk about um how many gold i'm <laughs> sorry man i gotta talk to, i gotta i gotta talk about them i mean it's unmuted uh they're really uh, screwing up fans real bad i mean oh i promise we'll talk about that uh, I promise. Yeah. We, we we will definitely talk okay. about that. Yeah. Muted. Unmuted. But in terms of like uh you know technologies and things like that, um I mean like how, how does that play out over uh to you you know and into people who who I guess you basically deal with in regards to Robotech you know um how do they feel? it sets, you know, in the year 2017 versus, you know, back in 1999 in the opening of Robotech, you know, do, do they believe that it's, it's a valid opening, you know, the global civil war, um, even leading up until 2009, you know, do you find that fans really accept Robotech from a futuristic standpoint from where it's actually coming from? Muted. Well, it uh, I mean, if you ask me, uh, you, uh, I mean, like, if like, if you look at the world, how it is right now, like, all these things that is going on, um, you know, like, here, there, uh, seditions here and there, you know, people fighting uh, each other, uh, like, there is, there is a lot going on, I mean, there is, like, a lot of resentment, a lot of uh, hatred, a lot of, you know, so that, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be in a, in, in a war, like, you know, like, it's, it's going to be a disaster, I, mean, it's, I think it's going to happen pretty soon, um, like, and that's how, you know, Robotech started, I mean, Robotech started with, a, with you know, the war of nations, people were killing each other, uh, they were forming factions here, there, there, and, and you know, it, 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 I mean, I don't know if you remember, uh, well, yeah, you, you must remember, uh, you know, Roy Fokker, uh, he was just a, a mercenary, you know, he was, he, he, he wasn't even fighting for one government, at some point, uh, he was fighting for different governments, whoever hired him, you know what I mean, um, countries were even able to pay for his aircraft, I mean, like, things were, like, real, real serious, so... I mean, I think we're heading that way. Uh, the only thing that will 
actually stop all this nonsense that is going on in the war and the nonsense that is going to happen in the war is actually a massive event like the fall of the SDF-1 or something like that. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's my perception. Unmuted. And, um, yeah, I do talk about that, uh, like, in the, in the previous episode, I, I did sit up here and talk about uh, Roy Foker. I didn't actually talk about him from the from the the pre, I want to say, um, shall we say, intro to what you get with him. Um, as much as I used him as, like, a, a character of a matter of fact, you know, I did that. Um, and it, it, you're correct in the fact that, you know... Things do get hot, they do get contested, you know, you flip on the news, and you swear that, you know, World War Three is right around the corner, or at least, you know, um, you kind of get the feeling that, you know, something, you know, something major is going to happen, because it seems like there are just, you know, too many people itching for a fight, you know, um, on a massive scale, uh, but I, I would say the players aren't that quite big yet for you know, a global civil war, at least. You know, I'd, I'd go that far. I, w- I would say they're not that big uh, for a global civil war. But I, you know, do agree with uh, the fact that, um, you know, you have a very hot political, you know, bed. Um, especially from like a geographical, you know, uh, political perspective. Uh, you definitely have that. Um where you know 10 years ago you didn't have the issues you have today you just didn't not in the same way i'll put it that way not in the same way um but uh that does bring up a really good point which is and this is one thing that i I really didn't talk about in my episode which was you know the coming of the sdf1 and how that actually changes things you know technologically and socially for the people of earth um and the hardships that people had in between you know you know those times because when you look at robotech the truth is is that you do have a situation where it takes the entire resources of the entire planet you know like what's left anyways of the planet um it takes them like 10 years to make this thing work and in that time humanity really doesn't change a whole lot and you find this out based on a number of things. Um, the first thing is this, is the, the coming of, you know, um, the, uh, the SDF and where it starts off, you know, in, in, in 1999, um, crashing into, you know, you know uh, Macross Island, and then having the inhabitants be there for 10 years and, like, for some reason, like, no one had ever seen a Veritech fighter before. You know, I mean, the government kept it on the hush-hush, obviously. But, like, it, it is one of the stranger things when you sit up here and think about it. In, in terms of Robotech, it's like, these people were just amazed at the fact that there was a giant transforming robot. Which you would have figured they would have seen something living on that island with, you know, all those inhabitants. Um, and, and I know some, uh, Maurice, this is something that we haven't talked about, uh, and this is something that I'm going to ask you about right now, uh, but this is something that I always liked about Jason as an actual character, is that, like, he was not phased one bit by a giant robot. He's like, okay, it's a giant robot, you know, like a little kid would be. Everyone else is like, oh, look at the size of it, and so on and so forth. 
Um, so, like, how do you believe that plays out in the actual, you know, um, story and its handling of beginning to transfer the audience over to a Robotech futuristic setting versus a, you know, um, a modern setting that we're accustomed to? Um, well, um, uh, are, I mean, just, um, just, just look at, I mean, right now, um, the new MiG Russia just built and the, and the new F-35 that US, the USA is about to, is about to build, uh, right? You look at their technologies and what they, what they offer now, um, they offer like a real dogfight, uh, experience with actually uh, robotic precision. So, I mean, well, I, no, they, it, it doesn't say robotic, but it says uh, high. I remember. I remember. I was reading. I was reading about it, and they were talking about like it's actually the precision of the flying is is technically managed by the software, by the algorithm. So. I mean, this is crazy stuff that is going on right now with these, you know, with these new uh, aircraft. Um, if you think about it, I mean, when Roy Falker was like, I mean, the, in the inauguration of the SDF-1, um, he, he was talking about this, you know, the how robot technology was able to uh, make, you know, precision flying, you know, like between airplanes, like getting real, real, real close without actually, you know, crashing, you know, touching each other. So, like, something that human beings cannot control due to, you know, uh, wind, you know, situations, uh, you know, expansion waves, situation, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, aerodynamics and all the stuff. Um, you know, there is a, a level of precision that can only be achieved by uh, robot technology. So, right now, we're talking about that stuff. Um, in, in 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 our days, so it's not like I mean, like if you ask me, like if they have uh, uh, you know like airplanes that can be you know uh, convert into mechas. Um, I mean, I will say why not? If you think about it, uh, there was a there is a, rob, a robot fight tournament going on in Japan as of right now. So I mean, I mean, uh, we're we're talking about you know, like, private companies, um, and, and, and you remember, like, we had the internet years, years, years later than the freaking U.S. Army, I mean, you know, than the freaking U.S. military, so, I mean, like, for me, it's not nonsense at all, I mean, for me, anything, anything can be real, I mean, anything that we saw on the, on the Robotech uh, series, I mean, uh, can be real as of right now, I don't want to bring, you know, theories, but, hey, you, you never know. I mean, you never know. Unmuted. And, uh, Maurice, what did you have to say? Um, well, what I have to say is that, um, it's that, uh, people that originally made, uh, uh, Robotech in, in Japan, uh, they had, let's put it this way, they, they saw what, what uh, military uh, 
forces throughout throughout this planet were were coming up with in the late 70s and early 80s and and then they had their, their idea of what uh, or the, or what the future would, would, would look like uh, um, but I think that uh, that that um, that science fact is is, is uh, gaining a lot on the on the science fiction faster than than uh, people th uh, thought, and and so I think that uh, that the era of uh, the sci-fi uh, movies and things like that it, it's kind of, it's, it's over. So, as far as, you know, in, in the way that I look at it, if, if we get to the giant robot part, um, I do agree with you, Kaiser, that you do have a lot of, um, we'll say private companies, use that term, uh, private companies that are investing in robotic technologies. Um, it's kind of interesting, because I think on the robotic end of technology, um, things aren't quite there yet. Uh, where you really have uh, development is in, um, I wouldn't say so much uh, robotic technologies in the sense of robots, as much as I would simply say um, exoskeletons and power armor and stuff like that. Like those things tend to be a bit more feasible purely based on the fact that, you know, you're using a human apparatus um, in order to basically guide the extensions of what those things are meant to be. So, like, for example, um, you have it where people who can't walk, you know, but they still have their legs, but for whatever reason they're paralyzed and they can't walk and whatnot. Um, you know, there are, like, I want to say exoskeletons that they can actually get where they can sit up here and walk, you know, how every you know, many miles a, um, you know, an hour in terms of the actual, you know, pace... But also, uh, what they're able to do is they're able to stand up and walk for two or three or four hours at a time. You know, now granted, it, it does look bulky and it, it looks very primitive by, you know, Eastern anime standards. I mean, like, virtually everything in the West does. Um, simply because of the take that they put on it. You know, they believe in that sleeker factor. About the only thing I think that the West has that's even remotely close to what they got going on in the East is something like Iron Man. Um... But the reality is, is that, um, you know, you do have these private contractors that are developing for various reasons, you know, different kind of um, robotic or exoskeleton-based, uh, you know, systems. You know, now to the point of that, too, you do actually have, I want to say, in the sense of... If we're talking other, you know, other rhythmic, um, you know, systems, you you definitely do have, especially if you're talking like cloud-based, or if you're talking about, um, I want to say, um, pre-firmware behavior-based uh, hardware. You you definitely have things on that end. I mean, there, there's no two ways about that. I mean, you can look at a smartphone, for example, and the fact that the smartphone has the ability to you know take a picture and then it's able to distinct the concept of the type of depth of field that it's supposed to have um, where normally you might have to have a lens that costs you know twenty five hundred dollars your phone's able to do it automatically due to you know algorithmic um, or algorithmic there we go I can barely talk tonight algorithmic um, 
capabilities. I'm like, that's just a reality right there. Or, you know, for example, you talk about stabilizers, you know, the ability to have, you know, like a, um, again, a recording apparatus that records video, um, but then you can have like a five access stabilizer, or you can have a stabilizer that may not even be five access, but in the way that it works, it ends up being, you know, um, seven stops down or something crazy like that due to its firmware abilities. I mean, from the standpoint of where firmware is, you you could definitely say that we are closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to exactly what um, robo technology is. Just just on just on its on its face. I mean, like I I would totally agree with that one hundred percent. In the same way that um, again we talk about cameras and the idea of having face detection or having you know track and focus or or whatever it is. And and I know I'm using a lot of camera stuff here, but the reason why I'm using camera stuff is because. Aside from military, shall we say, hardware, okay, um, on a practical end, that's where practically all your technology is developed, is in the camera arena, you know. So when, when you're talking about the idea of having, you know, retina sensors, when you're talking, or, or the ability of a retina scanner, or something of that nature, that's all done in, you know, just the digital camera arena for how things are actually done. And the reason for it is, is you've got a market there where people spend billions upon billions upon billions a year, you know, and by no means are phones the most advanced form of camera uh, system out there, but due to their massive pool of consumers, you know, you basically are able to pay off your R&D very quickly with these kind of, you know, uh, setups. So, if we're talking about things from a firmware perspective of programming, or, you know, if, if we're talking about things from just a, a private contractor, like, for example, health insurance and things like that, again, going back to people who have um, an inability uh, to be whole in the sense of, what we would consider an everyday human being to be able to function in a certain capacity um, and then being given those tools that they're needed um, so that they can function like a whole person would you know from a physical standpoint at the very least like those are the kind of things that really when you look at Robotech it's not crazy and the thing is this is that we're not necessarily talking about giant Veritech fighters I mean we could talk about that but what we're talking about is like, for example, cyclones. You know, as silly as it sounds, I mean, like that—that's more of you know on the cyclone end of thing. Um, granted, I'm not talking about artificial souls or you know bioroids, you know, or the triumphant or something crazy like that. I'm not doing that. I mean, w what I'm trying to state here is that there are elements that you definitely can look to. You can definitely do that, and uh, that's one of the things that you know personally I do like about Robotech is that you can sit up here and look at this technology that we live in, you know, or, or is emerging in the world that we live in today. And you can sit up here and say, you know what, it's just like what they showed in Robotech. You know, now granted, there's not some great acceleration of technology due to the fact that, you know, some alien force comes around and does whatever, but still, it's not that bad. You know, it's, it, it, it's not that bad. I mean, we're, we're moving at a decent pace. We're moving at a decent pace. Um... Now, was there something else that you wanted to say, Maurice? Muted. Uh, well, one thing is, is everything. Oh, uh, well, I have a, I have an analogy that that we could use. Um, are you guys familiar with uh, Jules Verne? 
unmuted. Uh, no. Uh, Jules Verne was, uh, was a novelist in the 19th century. Uh, uh, most of his novels, uh, his novels had, had, had electricity as, as, uh, as a power source. We still do not have a, a high-capacity battery light enough and powerful enough to basically produce uh, hybrid uh, uh, electric electric vehicles. We have to do hybrid, uh, you know, we have to do hybrid like the Prius and things like that. And um, and, and 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 the thing is, is that this guy imagined the twenty-first uh, century. Uh, way back over a hundred years ago in the 19th century and we still have not uh, have not gotten to a point to, to where he was imagining how the future muted over a hundred years unmuted what was that that you said um, Maurice Muted. That that uh, Jules Verne imagined his 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 future world, the the world that we're living in now, as as a world where uh, electricity would would not only power automobiles, but also trains and uh, and everything else that that we use. So what I'm trying to say is that although although we're getting closer. To where Robotech is, it's still it's going to take us uh, uh, probably another another century to 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 be able to to figure out how to make a, a, how to transform a jet into a in, into a human humanoid robot in in real life because uh, because uh, we have to develop the uh, power sources that are extremely light. That, that can that, that, and motors that, that, that can transform a jet into a humanoid humanoid robot uh, in, in, in uh, for relatively a little weight. Unmuted. Hmm. Well, actually, actually muted. Um. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with you with some uh, aspects, like we don't have, I mean, we do have actually uh, the means of to build, uh, you know, something that, you know, can be converted, you know, they can convert from, from, from an airplane into a robot. I mean, like, it, like when we talk about mechanics and hydraulics, yes, we can do it. I mean, like, you know, there is a lot of bright people out there uh, that can make it happen. However, the the problem with this is powering up, and that's the part I agree with you. We don't have uh, the means to power, I mean, something like, you know, to be so freaking massive that, you know, make a conversion in high speed. You see what I'm saying? 
So yeah, you know, transform I mean an airplane into a into a robot like in the, in the in high speed, you know, maintaining the balance, no no falling into the freaking ground. I mean, you know, have some sort of you know propulsion uh, out of the you know like the legs or something like that. You know, the, I mean, being you know being able to actually control that thing, you know, um, ha um make it fully operation operational. So yeah, I mean. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, it's gonna take years. I mean, uh, like uh, electricity actually is not the answer to, uh, to that. Uh, we're talking about more like a nuclear, a nuclear core uh, building into every every um, you know like aircraft, which will be very messed up because it's gonna be so freaking unstable and explosions will be ridiculous so we so then we have fish uh, fish um, fishing you know which is not developed it's not really discovered in full yet however that'll be that'll, that'll be actually the, the road to go if you want to power uh, to power out something that massive but yes so right now we do not have you know the the fuel technology i'm talking about fuel technology but when it comes to designing and hydraulics all the stuff yes i think we do we're, i mean i think we we we're already uh we're already past that or at least or we're really close to achieving unmuted well, muted well uh okay well, well, one example is a uh, is a V twenty two Osprey. <laughs> the, uh, the I mean, to move the um, the um, the engines from vertical to to horizontal, uh, that takes a lot of. Oh, oh, uh, it's all done hydraulically, obviously, but I, I think hydraulics are, is not the answer because because hydraulics it will put a, it will put a, a too much weight on it. But even so, uh, um, any time you, you have a lot of moving pieces and stuff, it, it, ma it makes the, the whatever the design, it makes a vehicle your, uh, it makes it uh, a lot vulnerable to, uh, to uh, getting hit uh, by, uh, by uh, projectiles. And, and basically, you need to find a way of, of making all this stuff, all this moving stuff, uh, happen really, really quick, and uh, and being able to withstand uh, battle damage. Unmuted. Yes, I, 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 with that point, I agree as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, hydraulics is part of the answer, but it's not the whole answer. So yeah. Talking about combination of carbon fiber, maybe um, titanium, but yeah, it's better, but it has to be something that you know is not that heavy. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very complex. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you you have a you, uh, you I think you you're right. Unmuted. Okay. Oh, here, go right ahead. Go right, go right ahead. Muted. Uh, well, well, the, well, the thing is, uh, um, um, actually, the, the idea of powering uh, a, a, a uh, the airplane with nuclear reactor is uh, is nothing new. Uh, 
it has been uh, proposed back in the late 40s and early 50s. But the only problem is, is that uh, nuclear reactors uh, so far are really uh, are very heavy. You have to find that, you have to find a, a, a nuclear reactor design that'll uh, not only fit into a, into an airplane, it also it also uh, be light enough and have the um, how call it the uh, radiation shielding light enough uh, for the airplane to function. Okay, now I'll say something. All right, now now I can sit over here and say something. Okay, so... Oh, where to begin on this? And, and this is why we do live episodes. This is why you do it right here. Because look at that. The one person never could have, I want to say, taken it down the avenue in which it went down. Unless it was like some long, drawn-out duration, and then he probably would have fell asleep by then. Um, but to the point of... Uh, of let me start off with power. Okay? Um, because... I do believe in terms of an actual vehicle, okay, a vehicle, and I'm talking like a, um, a car, um, they can build batteries now that are powerful enough to run cars the way fossil fuels run cars. Um, and the way that I would tell you to look at it is look at your phones and then look at your juice packs to your phones, like your extended battery packs to your actual phones. Like, look at those. Part of it comes down to just having a market that can reinvest itself. Um, in other words, you can pay the technology off quickly. The problem with vehicles, like when you're talking about like a $40,000 vehicle versus a $40, you know, cell phone, uh, extended battery pack is going to be this one's 40 bucks. The other one's 40,000. One you're making a five minute commitment to that you're going to be able to use for the next God knows how many years, uh, that you keep it around. The other one you're going to be paying it off for five years and then you don't even know if you're going to, you know, keep it after that. And, and, and that's the difference that you have there. The other thing that you have though, is that I would say the marketing and the demonization of trying to effectively control people's carbon consumption is what also hurts the whole idea of an electrical vehicle at the same time. Like, for example, people like SUVs. Why do they like them? The hell if I know, but they like them. They like big vehicles. You know? So, what happens here 
is you get into a situation where a person wants to buy buy an SUV, okay? You know, they're willing to spend 60K on an SUV versus, we'll say, 20 to 30K on a car. So instead of using common sense and giving the SUV some massive battery and then charging another, you know, 5 to 10 on that, what do they do? They demonize the SUV. They try to make it so that it consumes um, even greater fuel so that it's not, shall we say, appealing from an economy fuel perspective. And then they sit up here and try to shove some ugly ass looking, you know, battery powered, you know, Tonka truck down your throat. And it's not even a truck, it's actually a car, but it looks like a truck as ugly as it is. You know, you think it's like the front of a semi or something. Like, that's the problem that you have there in regards to specifically everyday, shall we say, consumables versus private contract, um, like private contractors and stuff like that and what they deal with. You know, that's, it's, on one end, on, on the private contracting end, you don't have the marketing that you have in a, in a main consumer arena, you know, and also you don't necessarily have like the rules and regulations of governments and stuff like that, that play into it as well. Like all those things really have hindered the ability for having a purely battery-rated, I'm sorry, not battery-rated, but battery operated that's what i'm gonna say battery operated car like this is one of those things where you know it could happen they could have done it they should have done it and they could have done it right i'm I'm not talking about like you know half fuel half you know battery or oh yeah it can sit up here and do a battery charge but it can only go like 12 miles down the road or something stupid like that like they could legitimately have and i'm talking legitimately have all right vehicles that are main sellers in the market that are not socially engineered by government for you to buy okay and they're not you know um bailed out by governments when they fail okay or to even jump start them have the government give them loads of sums of cash they could have vehicles that actually are battery powered in the market in the way that they're supposed to but again, the problem is it's the demonization of the other side. Instead of actually taking care of what you're supposed to be doing, which is coming out with a superior form of fuel in the form of electricity in the thought of cleaner power, no, that's not what they do. What they do instead is they say, ah, you know what, we'll build some crappy looking car, you know, throw a battery pack into it and then say, ah, you know what, now let's go demonize that fuel unit over there. That's what we're going to sit up here and do. You know, and, and in the end, that's why you don't have what you're supposed to have from the standpoint of a purely electric car that everyone can agree to and say, that's the kind of thing I want. You know, I mean, it's... It, it, and the thing is this, is that it realistically can't even start with a car. Like, the idea that you're going to sit up here and just start building cars, right? That are going to have battery, giant batteries in them. It's like, well, who's going to pay for these batteries? Like, seriously, who's going to pay for them? You know? That market, uh, uh, a, a transportation market, 
is not the ideal place you should be going for forms of power consumption. You know, it, it, it's just not. You know, if you sit up here and think for a moment, talk about gasoline. Gasoline, sure as hell, did not start with, you know, vehicles, you know, in, in, in uh, fuel consumption. It started with, you know, being able to light lamps at night. Something very, very simple here. We're talking. The ability to sit up here and just have a light on at night. You know, having oil to be able to do those kind of things. That That's where it all started. And then when it came to, I want to say, you know, commerce, you know, basically, you know, moving barrels of oil from one location to another, it wasn't oil moving oil. It was actually coal moving oil in the form of steam trains and what have you not. So... It, this is the kind of thing where people need to like take a step back and say okay if you want this to be the end result right here what are the building blocks that you need to go through in order to get to this end result and i believe that that's one of the bigger problems that you have in regards to specifically electrical powered cars now the other part i do want to hit up on okay without like just obloviating with that um is we talk about the whole concept of shall we just call it mechamorphosis all right or as tommy yoon would call it anime magic all right that kind of thing so the idea of having and this is what sucks about being an adult right like like when you're a kid you sit up here and just say oh have this big old giant robot turn into an airplane and it's gonna work out just fine um the idea of having you know planes that basically make transformation into robots or robots that make transformation into planes and i would say honestly the problem there is this the first thing is you're talking about the concept of materials that can deal with that kind of stress okay and what i mean by that is this is take the whole plane out of the out of the equation okay Instead, let's go with, dare I say, a hover tank, okay? So we'll go with the, with a Veritech hover tank. So we take the plane out of the equation, we're going to go with a tank that hovers, okay? Now, when you're looking at a design like that, the, the problem that you really run into is when you start talking about the idea of cognitively shifting part A with part B, so on and so forth, the whole mechamorphosis deal it comes down to what materials can actually take that strain and then how many times can it be done over again in a rotation now you bundle that then with the reality of okay in the heat of the moment when it's going through these you know forms of mechamorphosis the shit's not voltron like, you know, Voltron, what happens is, you know, we all know how Voltron forms, you know. Five lions, you know, basically ride like comets, and then you basically have this plasma field that Voltron assembles in. So, you know the sucker that tries to intercede with Voltron as Voltron forms. Uh, 
Okay, sorry about that. Um, you know that the, the, the poor soul that tries to intercede as Voltron forms um, basically ends up in a situation where, um, you know, their goose gets cooked. I mean, like, that's what happens with Voltron. Okay, or like, for example, if you ever saw Gundam Build Fighters Try, like one of the newer Gundam series, and uh, you look at Tryon 3. And one of the things about Tryon 3 as an actual mecha in the actual series is the fact that it is not considered to be a Gundam because it's a combiner piece. Okay, but the reason why Tryon 3 actually works is because they were smart enough when they decided to have an assembly system with it, they decided here we're going to give it a force field. All right, now to the point of, of that right there, okay, you then have to look at, we'll talk about conventional mecha, all right? We're, we're not talking about super giant robots and shit like that, but we're talking about conventional mecha in the sense of, A, they can be mass produced, B, they can be destroyed like anything else on the battlefield, and C, they have a, you know, logistical and strategical value that can be bundled with other, you know, um, you know, other assortments uh, within, I want to say, the, the given faction that we'd be talking about. So, so, so the problem becomes with that, okay, when you talk about conventional mecha is this, is conventional mecha, you, you're not going to have shields, okay? The whole idea is that you're going to be using, you know, um, either um, composite armors or ceramics that's what you're going to be using essentially that are effectively supposed to sit up here and deal with the brunt of the damage that's what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to absorb that damage or deflect it like one of the two's got to happen all right but when you get down to pieces that are so intricate in terms of the cognitive shift of how the unit actually has to you know more from a hover tank to a gladiator to a battleoid you know when, when you're going through these different shifts you know and, and you're getting hit by like you know um i'm just going to use the rpg in this instance i don't want to use like you know some bioroid you know particle uh, cannon here um when you're getting hit by a an rpg or you're getting hit by a you know missile okay i'll, I'll use that one then it comes down to, okay, well, how tough was that armor to actually begin with? Was it really tough enough? You know, was the composite armor or was the ceramics that, you know, the, the unit itself is made of, was it really durable enough to deal with these kind of scenarios? And, and this is where part of the problem lies, is it comes down to just the grinding down of the unit from an operational standpoint and the heat of its moments but also just in a daily tasking of the unit as well, okay? Now, the other thing that I have to sit up here and point out with this is that one could also say that you just don't need to have transformable robots. You just don't need to have them. You know, I mean, like, if you look at Robotech, and if you look at the three Robotech Wars... The only, the only, you know, species running around with, you know, transformable mecha were the humans. And how good did that do them in each Robotech war? You know, I mean, like, like, like when you really think about it, what war did the humans actually win in Robotech? 
you know, with their transformable mecha. You know, you might arguably say, ah, the Master Saga, they won the Master, you know, they, they won the, I'd be like, I don't know about that, I think that's more like a draw. Because the Invid still came, and they still kicked their ass. So, regardless of what happened with the Robotech Masters, you know, the Robotech Masters grinded the humans down to a halt. And when they got serious, things got real, you know. But, but my point is this, is that y you've got to keep in mind that there are different types of mecha designs, okay, in terms of whether we're talking the concepts of mecha evolution or if we're just talking about mecha variety. And I think one of the biggest problems that we have is, and when I'm saying we, I'm talking about, um, um, you know, just the audience. I'm saying the audience in this case. Uh, the problems that we have is we automatically gravitate to the cool looking thing and say, you know what, that's how it's got to be. When in reality, when you start thinking about it, getting a transformable mecha is just overly complicated. And in the end, what does it gain you? Like, what do you have from a Veritech that you could not have gained from something like an orbital frame from Zone of the Enders? You know? So when we talk about the ideas of, you know, different, like, propulsion systems or uh, power systems, you know, uh, when we talk about the idea of having that flexibility, you know, and, and what have you not, um, the orbital frame from Zone of the Enders offers an awful lot. Now, granted, it does work on the concept of Metatron, okay, which is might as well, you just might as well sit up here and say protoculture. And granted, it does do that whole, like, weird, like, quasi-dimensional, you know, I want to say um, weapon assortment where it seems it can just, like, pull some weapons out of its ass, all right? I I'm excluding that part of this, you know, as far as what I'm saying here, okay? Because I'm not talking about the weapons of the hover tank any more than I'm going to talk about the weapons of Idolo. What I'm trying to say here is that I think the biggest problem in terms of the the lack of evolutions on these fronts, meaning the development of, you know, mecha and stuff like that, is because everybody is wrapped up in trying to basically produce something beyond the means of common sense. That's what it is. Whether you're talking about electrical cars or whether you're talking about um, transformable fighters. You know, it comes down to, does it actually make sense to do something like that? You know, and I'm not saying that it, it, it does or does not make sense to create a, an electrical car. Okay? I'm not saying that it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. People will sit up here and say that it does because it's cleaner for the environment. Okay? Um, people will sit up here and say that it does for an electrical car because it, it actually, you know, deals with gas prices. You know, but what I would say from that standpoint is all you're doing is shifting the burden from a gas price over to effectively a coal price. Because last time I checked, electricity for the most part runs on coal or a hydro dam. So, you, so you're still shifting the burden over to something else. That's what you're doing, number one. You know, number two, for carbon emissions and stuff like that, you can't even judge carbon emissions. I mean, like, if you really want to sit up here and lower carbon emissions, simply just start killing off every living human being and animal in existence, and then that there will take care of that. And no one's trying to do that. So, you know, the, the, the fact is, you have things that are marketed in a certain way, but once when you step behind 
you know, the curtain and you start asking yourself, okay, wait a second here. What's the point to what they're saying? You know, it's like, okay, you want to lower carbon emissions? Go ride a bike. All right. You could go ahead and do that, but you still want your car. So don't complain about carbon emissions unless you want to go ride a bike. The people sit up here and talk this nonsense nine times out of 10. What are they doing? Flying private jets. They come in on a private jet, which definitely produced more carbon emissions than, you know, an entire city for, you know, three months on end. But with, with I want to say, their, their um, you know, primetime traffic. But that's just how things are done. And like I said, even on the concept of constructing Mecca on that front, you know, again, the, the problem is it's it's the lack of the the practicality of, of what people want to go after you know it's like okay what can humanity actually produce that makes sense versus what would we be killing ourselves to produce that makes zero sense whatsoever so that's what i i, I just wanted to say in terms of that muted unmuted and did uh, one of you guys want to reply to that? Muted. Uh, well, um, uh, I mean, I was on a point uh, where you say that uh, there is no, like, really use for a big makeup, um, you know, what battles we won't. I mean, isn't, I, I just want to point out, I mean, one of the reasons why, I mean, in this, I'm talking in the series, right, um, why the Mecca, I mean, was built, you know, the, a giant robot was built because when they approach uh, the SDF-1 of first contact, they find out, they find out that, you know, some some guys that were inside, you know, some centralized that were inside the FDF-1 uh, were real big. So, I mean, uh, they see installations, you know, you know, inside. Um, there were some parts of the SDF-1 that were designed for big people, like for huge people. So, you know, so they figured, so they figured out that, you know, okay, so, I mean, we're, we're facing giants here, giants with technology. So we're gonna have to have a, a robot, I mean, or something that actually match uh, the power of the giants. If we need to have like a hand, if we need to engage into a hand-to-hand -hand combat. However, I mean, like there is a lot of uses. I mean, we with the mecha. I mean, just say, let's say uh, for you know for rescue missions. Uh, uh, let's say, you know, someone is trapped or a whole you know, bunch of people are trapped in a, you know, in a building or something like that. I mean, you know, you can use these robots to, um, you know, for rescue, you know, to lift out the, you know, uh, you know, buildings or something like that, uh, you know, go through walls to actually rescue. So, yeah, there are some good uses for the mecha. Um, when it comes to the masters, yeah, I mean, like, like me personally, I don't like the Hoover tanks. You know, when they transform into robots, I mean, 
like I see the guardian mode, you know, I can see that for tactical reasons, uh, so they can get more mo mo mobility, you know, by jumping, especially in, you know, in, in places that were not like flat. So yeah, you, 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 you can be in the guardian mode and you have, you know, more uh, maneuver, maneuverability, I don't know how to say that in English, but you know, you can maneuver uh, better you know, with, 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 you know, the whole thing in guardian mode when it comes to, you know, like, this, I mean, grounds that are very, um, you know, like, up, down, you know, like, so, yeah, when it comes to the mecha, I mean, I'm like, mm, well, like, yeah, that's a little too much, I mean, why, why do you need a freaking, you know, a, a full robot to battle the biroids, the biroids, I mean, but anyway, yeah, um, that's how that I mean, I don't know, that's that that's how it was that's that's how the series was designed. Unmuted. Oh Maurice, if you're still there you can say something. Muted. Now, I, I do want to make something clear here, and I, I want to make it very clear. In no way, shape, or form am I, like, dissing the hover tank, okay? I am not complaining about the hover tank. I think the hover tank is one of the best mecha in Robotech, um, next to, like, the Ajax. I think it's amazing. Uh, and I know a lot of people hate me for that, but it's true. I do think that the hover tank is one of the very best, and I think the Ajax is absolutely amazing as far as a mecha goes. Uh, as far as Veritech Mecha go, anyways. The the thing is this. The hover tank actually is highly practical in its design. Okay, it, it's a very practical unit in the fact that it's the actual tank mode, if you will. Okay, it's hover tank mode. is an all-terrain mode. Okay, so we just address that. Okay, you look at the guardian mode. The guardian mode is a support mode. That's what it's meant for. Okay, it's, it's, it serves as a support role. So the tank mode is basically like a front line deal. The guardian mode is a support, meaning a second or um, to the back of the line, you know, uh, kind of deal. And then you have the, the, uh, the battleoid. Now, the battleoid mode on the hover tank is a bit more contentious, and that's because it's designed for urban combat. That's why it actually still has a battleoid mode is because it is designed for, you know, close quarter combat, where you realistically can't use a tank in terms of the hover tank. I mean, like, that's not really going to work. Um, and you can't realistically use the guardian mode 
either. It, it doesn't work that well. Now, granted, if the shit's coming from the sky, then yeah, that works. Like we saw in the episode... Um, I, shoot, I can't even think of the name of the episode now. Um, where they go into the city, where, where the Robotech Masters go into the city, and they snatch up a bunch of people. You know, because they, they're running low on clones. Um... But that's where you actually see where the hover tank really does, you know, work it out in an urban setting. And, and I think everybody can agree the hover tank is a multi-role based unit. You know, it, 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 it is highly practical in what it does, you know. And I, I wouldn't say that's the best example of saying why you don't need giant transformable mecha. Because I'm not actually saying that you don't need giant transformable mecha. What I'm saying is, is that you have to look at the concepts of mecha evolution. That's what you have to do. You have to look at the concepts of, okay, we believe big robots are at this stage, but to truly function against conventional weapons of today, what stage would they have to be to surpass what we have in today's setting? More importantly, though, this is where I think most animators go wrong, most mecha designers go wrong, is what they do is they try to push, okay? They try to literally push the technology out for the mecha designs that they have so far out so where there's almost this level of invincibility while at the same time keeping conventional assets there and then not actually capitalizing on the conventional assets. Now when I say conventional assets I am talking like tanks, fighters, helicopters, Things that you would see on a modern battlefield, you know. But there's no way on earth you're going to get me to believe that if they sit up here and design a transformable fighter with, you know, um, with, um, you know, specialized ceramics, um, or I want to say armor composite uh, attachments to it, you know, with, um, you know, specialized, you know, ammunitions and things like that, that you couldn't do that with a conventional fighter. And I think this is where the mistake is made. You know, the mistake is made in the fact that you sit up here and say, okay, guess what? You know, you have this really powerful Veritech fighter that has all these different modes, but then you're going to also turn around and say you couldn't do that in a non-conventional format. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you couldn't do that in a conventional format, not a non-conventional, but, but in a conventional format where you still could have had the same weapons and it would have cost less. Now, in Robotech, that's not what happens. If you look at Robotech, and especially if you look at the Second Robotech War, the armies of the Southern Cross had transformable mecha that they didn't even transform because it made no sense. Like the Tactical Air Corps, you know, with the Sylphie. You didn't see them trying to transform that Veritech. It would have been stupid. Like the Robotech Masters came in with those assault carriers. They were like, damn, they can outmaneuver us with these things. You know, and that wasn't expected. So the idea that you were going to transform the mecha... And into a battleoid configuration so that it could then be slower and less maneuverable so you could get sh just shot up that much quicker made absolutely no sense whatsoever. You know, and this is one of the real odd things I find about Robotech is that for some reason everybody wants to believe that the mecha themselves, you know, have to all transform on screen. Well, well no, they don't. The whole point is that dude in the story is trying to survive. If he knows that transforming the mecha is going to get him killed, then he's not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. 
it's like in the um in the episode reflex point you know in the episode reflex point when when the uh you know shadow uh the jupiter division comes down and they get their asses kicked and and scott bernard and friends run into the whole you know remains of the fleet and what do they do they don't sit up here and try to fight the invid in that moment they shut down their their protoculture mecha and they fucking run that's what they did they ran to stay alive and basically it's the practicality of the character within the story that you always got to remember which is i'm not going to do this if this is going to get me killed i'm just not going to do it it doesn't make any sense because once when you're dead in robotech your ass is not coming back if it does come back you'll be lucky it comes back in a flashback you know but it's definitely not going to be coming back based on the idea that you know you're just going to be resurrected you know the only person coming back in resurrection form is zor and you see how hard that shit is for him so when i talk about the idea here of us saying okay you don't need to have transformable mecha or big giant robots i'm not saying that you don't need to have those what i'm saying is is can you put it on a level playing field now in robotech they do put it on a level playing field they do you know and 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 it's kind of funny um that you, you guys brought up the uh you know the zentrani and the giant humans and stuff like that because i actually did that in my my pre-recorded episode <laughs> um but there was a reason for the veritech fighter to exist in the way that it existed there was in robotech there was a reasoning for it and they work you directly into the reasoning to begin with with robotechnology of course you had the ability to have greater precision that was all true then what happens is you find out that you now have these planes that are built in a way where they can crash into building after building after building and not get demolished okay so then you have that then what happens is you find out later on why they built the planes which was because of the giant zentrani so when you see that zentrani step on that car you know and it, it just leaves its footprint right in the middle of the car you know this is some real shit or when you see the zentrani fall down and then there's a giant you know um uh almost you could say earthquake or or tremor that's caused by it you see the cracks in the ground and stuff like that you know again it, it speaks to exactly why the veritech fighter actually exists like nowhere in robotech can you look at robotech and say oh they made some pointless mecha because that made no sense whatsoever like that's what makes robotech different from other actual um series and you know that's one of the things we we definitely do need to be uh i would say we do need to be careful about when we talk about robotech versus other series is the fact that you don't get mecha in robotech that don't belong in robotech like if Masic did anything right he made a reason for all the stuff to be there it doesn't necessarily mean we agree with it um in its entirety but that doesn't mean that you have to agree with it because by default the humans basically lost every robotech war i'll put it this way they didn't win any robotech wars they definitely didn't do that you know it was always a technicality to how they carried on to the next generation always a technicality i mean no one's going to say the humans won in 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 contrast to the zentrani you know they they didn't i mean the planet got filleted i mean like that was that no one's going to sit up here and say that you know they won against the robotech masters 
they they didn't. The Robotech Masters took the spores and they left. Because that's all they could take. You know? There just was no reason for them to be there anymore. So they left. You know? And then the Invid, we all we all know that story. They didn't win against the Invid. The Invid just got tired of their stupidity and said, forget these people, they're crazy and stupid. We can go somewhere else and, and create our own planet. And that's what it was. It was the sheer human stupidity factor that the Regis just wasn't going to put up with any further because it just didn't make any sense. So, you know, th there are different ways to look at this, which I think is the main thing I'm going after here, which is you can't look at it and say we need to build this in terms of a giant robotic mecha because it's cool and it's powerful. When usually nine times out of ten, what happens is this, is that you compare and contrast that mecha that is ultra powerful against conventional mecha within a given series and the conventional mecha are just that they're conventional where the mecha is is just more is just more robust and, and i think that that's a huge disservice to when you, we get into thinking about conversations like you know this right here because what happens is people start thinking oh man wouldn't it be cool if we had giant transformable flying robots or or you know giant transformable this that and the other or just giant robots in general you know and it's like uh no not at all you know and um the other one i would leave you with is don't look at robotech look at battletech like i, I don't know if you guys know anything about battletech but if you do, then you know how pointless Battletech is in terms of the concepts of battle mechs. And if you guys want to hit that up, go right ahead. Muted. I mean, yeah, there, there, okay, you, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so I mean, as of right now in the cities that we are right now, like uh, the necessity. I mean, to, I mean, today's necessity, uh, or, or, you know, it comes to warfare. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see any, any reasons why having, you know, any sort of mecha at all. Uh, you know, the concept of a mecha uh, actually comes out with a special need, with a special necessity. Uh, like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out a little bit. You know, out of out of Robotech. I mean, I don't know. You see, I mean, Matrix Matrix Revolution. I mean, uh, you know, they have this. Uh, I don't want to say it's a mecha. It was uh, actually a exon, you know, skeleton. But anyway, but I can say it's some sort of a mecha. Uh, and you know, they, they were using that to fight the Sentinels. I mean. Of course, they they did not <laughs> win. They did, they did not succeed. But that was the, that. But you know, it served the purpose on, on a certain level. Uh, unfortunately, they were overwhelmed by Sentinels. And then you have, like, for example, uh, Pacific Rim. When I mean necessity, you know, uh, protection. You know, uh, you know, like. Um, the threat of this giant Kaiju, you know, these giant monsters coming out, coming out from another dimension, destroying entire cities. I mean, uh, and, and like, it, it, like they were able to actually take one down after freaking half, after freaking like a whole, a whole month of fighting, you know, a, anything to it, like jets, uh, bombs, and everything. So. 
so you know they build these giant robots to actually fight these things uh, you know of course at some point they were overrun as well um, because none, none of the robots survive none of the mechas survive so yes I mean yeah you have different mechas uh, you know the, the creation of a mecha serves uh, a need uh, and in film Robotech uh, first generation second generation now I mean you mentioned that you know the battle mode was battle mode was for you know um, you know like city combat uh, and then you have uh, the you know the alphas which were quite smaller than, than the regular you know BF uh, you know BF fighter like you know the, the, the BF1 you know so yeah they were smaller because the inbits were smaller so they didn't need, uh, you know, like a big mecha because it's going to be very inconvenient when it comes to dogfight. Uh, uh, because uh, we're talking about beings that have, you know, enough um, uh, firepower to take down big mechas and like they're smaller and more maneuverable. So they need smaller mechas to actually match, uh, match them. You know, when it comes, to, especially when it comes to dogfights, that's why the in, in the in McKinney books, uh, the BF ones, the old BF ones were so freaking ineffective against against the mech against uh, Invid Mecha. I mean, because uh, Invid Mecha were small, I mean, real small, and they have high numbers. So, yeah, I mean, I think every mecha serves a purpose uh, in, in all in all seriousness. Um, you know, so that's that, that's actually my opinion. Unmuted. Maurice, if you're still there, you can say something. Muted. Yes, I'm here. Well, Unmuted. I agree. Um, Muted. Uh, the 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 problem with with people in the in the. Um, in, in the uh, um, entertainment industry is that when they start doing these shows they don't think like uh, like uh, logically like uh, aircraft designers because they are they are basically artists that's, that's what they are and, and that's and, 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 and that's really one of the one of the Problems that, that that we run into uh, into in um, into um, in, in, into when when we see uh, uh, shows like Robotech, it's the uh, people who who, can, who come up with uh, with uh, mecha designs. They don't think in all the uh, logically. They just want to design something that looks cool, uh, and and the uh, um, and, and the uh, and the uh, main character or characters uh, used to uh, help them with the with the problem that they're having for for the week. 
unmuted. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, and to the to the point, like there are a couple of shows you could definitely look at, or, or movies, you know, or franchises. Um, one you could look at definitely would be uh, Transformers. Like, there's just no hope for that shit, man. Like that that stuff is is done. You know, um, it it really is just one of those things where um, it's just not going to go anywhere. And, um, and, and, and what I mean by that in terms of not going anywhere, I'm not talking financially, I'm talking about no one in their right mind would build any of those damn Transformers in that movie. Just It, it wouldn't happen. You know, um, and, and then when you sit up here and look at the Dinobots, uh, again, you look at Transformers, you look at the Dinobots, and you see Optimus Prime riding on a T-Rex, and it's like, what the hell is this shit? Like, seriously, you know, it, it doesn't even make sense. It's, it's retarded. You know, right down to just the Transformers in the first movie, what you find out is once when you look at the behind the scenes of how they make it, they openly admit... Like, oh yeah, this shit here actually doesn't transform from the vehicle to the actual robot. Like, notice the robot only has three wheels, where the vehicle has four. The reason for that is it was based on artistry and stuff like that. And that is one of the big problems. Um, in other cases, you know, you talk about just bad stories. Like, for example, uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, we could we'd definitely hit that up. I mean, the idea that you need, like, two people to pilot some big-ass thing like that? No, that's stupid. I mean, like, that's that's just, it's highly ineffective. And on top of that, if you were going to build something that big and that bulky, you know, you would definitely load it down with more armor, and you would definitely give it greater firepower. That's what you would do. You know? Because when you get to that kind of level of building those kind of robots, the reality is you can just start, you know, using like thermonuclear weapons and crazy shit like that if you need to. You know, now, of course, you know, in many of these cases, you always have that clause where it's like, you know, oh, this was brought about by nuclear contamination or whatever. And this is why they don't want to do this and, and this, that and the other. But, but the fact is, is that I, go, I, I, I have to stress the fact that you have to go back to con the means of conventional warfare, okay? Um, in, like, the idea of using, like, a 2,000-pound bomb and how destructive that is, you know, versus using a, um, a, um, a, a, a 40-kiloton bomb versus a 50-megaton bomb, you know... It, and here's what, what a lot of people forget. You're looking at the, not so much the fallout of the radiation and shit like that. You're looking at the point of impact. That's what you ought to be looking at. Like how much pressure is this, in terms of penetration, going to cause against this, you know, opposing object? That's what you're looking at. You're not looking at, oh, you know what? It, it's going to create radiation and this, that, and the other, and the collateral damage, or the fact that, you know, these things stem off of, you know, nuclear waste or whatever, therefore we can't do it. 
fuck all that shit. That doesn't even that doesn't even play into it at all. It's like I gotta kill this giant ass thing right here, otherwise the city's gonna be destroyed. So what's the biggest thing that I can bear when it comes to doing so? You know? And it's not that you can't use Mecha. You can, but there comes a point where when you write a story in a in a certain way, then the weapons that they've got to use have got to match the size. But more importantly, the methodology of production of the actual piece has to match the size as well. So like like in Transformers, totally off-key. Pacific Rim, again, totally off-key. Whether you're talking about from a physiological perspective of a mecha design, or more importantly, an operational perspective of mecha design. Just, just completely off-key. Um, and... Uh, you know, there, there are, of course, you know, like other things that we could look at too and pick apart and say, ah, this is how they did it wrong or, or this is how they did that wrong. And, and, I, and I won't get into that. Um, but it isn't a coincidence that pretty much just about every show you ever watch where r giant robots are introduced, nine times out of ten, what happens? Humanity fails. That's what happens. Happens all the time. Humanity fails. Bring a giant robot on the scene. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to fail. You know, it's, it's just, there's no two ways about it. Now, you do have the big versus small in terms of, like, what is practical. And it never ceases to amaze me how smaller mecha always fare better than bigger mecha do. You know, but when we're talking about mecha in this respect... We're talking about, of course, power armor. That's what we're talking about. So, like, if you look at something like Bubblegum Crisis, or if you look at some of the stuff like in Gulf Force, um, or you look at, like, uh, the Modab 5, like, um, from Robotech Untold Story, or or uh, the Garland from, you know, which is the same thing, from Megazone 2-3. Like, these units do tend to fare well in their given scenarios. They do. Like, in other words, there are favorable outcomes that actually happen under these scenarios uh, with these, you know, entities being used. Um, but you, you just don't really see that with, I want to say, you know, bigger mecha. It just normally doesn't happen. What happens is things just get worse and worse and worse, and then there's some catastrophic event that happens, and then what happens after that is you... um there's some alternative that takes place that totally, you know, um, is able to bring it all to a conclusion, you know, AKA Macross, you know, I mean like if, if there was ever a show that ever had a waste of mecha design, it was Macross because in Macross, how does it work? You start off with alien invaders, you bring in your, your, you know, High polished Veritech fighters or Valkyries in the in the term in the, or in the way that they like to, to to phrase it, and then what happens? The humans just flat out lose with those, and then what happens is an idol pop singer comes out, sings a song, and everything's okay. That's how it works. All they had to do was use the damn or idol pop singer from the beginning of the show, and they could have set up here and cut through you know twenty to thirty episodes of nonsense. You know, it, it's like that sad. It truly is that sad. But, you know, again, that, that deals with just like crappy story writing. I mean, like when it comes right down to it, it's, it's the truth. It is crappy story writing. And it also speaks to exactly, you know, why you don't get a 
practical outlook on mecha design. Like, you don't. Although I would say the creators of Macross do a fairly decent job when it comes to mecha design and and their concepts of evolution over time. I, I, do, I do think that they, they do a fairly decent job. Not, not the best, mind you. Um, but they always you know, basically underwrite it with a pop idol singer, you know, and it just, it kills me. It, it does. Like, I mean, just all you got to do is look at Macross 2 Lovers Again. Macross 2 Lovers Again arguably has some of the very best mecha design in anime, period. Like, just straight up has some of the very best mecha design in anime, period. And I'm talking about conventional mecha. I'm talking about, like, you know, like mecha that you can look at and say, you know what, this shit here looks good. You know, and the only thing that outdates the mecha of that period is simply just the fact that it was a style of animation in terms of, of the, uh, the quality of the production that was actually done. Meaning that if you were to sit up here and literally just re-CGI it or something like that, it would look just fine. So, you know, you look at that, and it turns out to be a complete, total waste. Oh, go right ahead. Muted. I have to go. Unmuted. All right, cool, here. Yeah, thank you for coming. And we'll do it again. So, um, uh, Kaiser, was there something that you wanted to say as far as that went? Muted. Uh, yes, I agree with that. Um, Macros Lovers again has the best uh, designs um, when it comes to Mecha. Um, like, I, I agree with you with the fact that you know you just can't just try to bring up uh, you know something like that is not practical just because it, it looks cool. I mean, yeah, that'd be nonsense. Um, I was thinking about the Pacific Rim coming, I mean, coming you made. Uh, yes, I mean, and I, I, I agree with you. I mean, they make something that big and that bulky. Why not, you know, putting extra armor, uh, you know, make guns uh, or, you know, put more firepower to it. I think, yeah, it was a little bit, I think a little, it was a little bit too lame from my standpoint, yeah. Especially when it comes to firepower um, and also uh, the armor, because uh, actually, uh, like, uh, when I was uh, looking, you know, uh, I was looking some clips of the Pacific Rim, especially with the Russians, which supposedly had the most you know, stronger mecha, especially it comes to armor, you know, the most armored mecha, uh, it was easy for the freaking guy, you just go ahead, just, uh, you know, like, smash the freaking head. So, it was, I'm like, what? I mean, yeah, and it comes, yeah, and it comes down to, yeah, it was very unnecessary, it was very off, off point, um, like, like, uh, it goes back to what I'm saying since the beginning. I mean, right now, as of right now, for the needs we have right now, like, we don't need uh, make a special for our type of warfare. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, and I see that animators, 
uh, are they they want to push they want to push an idea you know they want to just go ahead and impose the idea of oh yeah we need mecca we need this we, you know like Gundam Gundam win stuff which yeah so right now it's very necessary but like this guy say uh, earlier he says that you know uh, animators are artists they are not really you know designers and they are not really uh, they can be designers but they're more you know on the art on the art part they don't really think of the necessity of right now they just need you know to design for the necessity of the world they are trying to project so that's my thoughts unmuted and you know to the point of specific rim uh, specifically it comes down to why do the damn things even need a head I mean like if you think about it if you're gonna have something that big and that massive is a head actually needed like are you trying to build it with an inherent weak point is that what you're trying to do because it seems like that's what you're trying to do you know um, it's it, it, it's almost like when you watch those those uh, sci-fi series right and, and they've got mecha going on and whatnot and then what happens is you look at the capital ships come in you know and they're these like real powerful capital ships but then right there with the real powerful capital ship what do you have you have the exposed bridge and you look at it and you go so why hasn't someone just flown up to this thing and just blown away this bridge you know I mean like it's that kind of thing you know that just makes you shake your head and go they don't get it they simply just don't get it now I'm not saying Mecha you know should not have heads okay that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is, is when you look at something like Pacific Rim and when you're looking at facing something that is that unconventional in terms of, you know, a given entity, you know, you got to sit up here and think about the concepts of, okay, if we're going to build it this big, this massive, what is going to be the weakest point on this thing? Oh, it will be the head. Then can't we incorporate the functionality of the head into just the upper torso of the unit? Or spread it throughout the unit. Like, in other words, if it's sensors, then, you know, why would you just put sensors in a head? Like, why wouldn't you sit up here and have sensors, you know, throughout the entire, you know, thing for uh, being able to read things and what have you not? Um, you know, uh, if it's, I want to say, you know, cameras, you know, again, uh, for, for visual view, you know, well, why would you necessarily just want to have a, a, a visual view coming from the head? Why wouldn't you want to sit up here and have, you know, a visual view coming from, you know, uh, other angles as well? And, and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, like, for example, the concept of a rear view mirror. You know, you got it in your car. You're telling me you don't want to have it? Some big old giant mech walking looking thing? You know, and, and that's my point to it is that, um, and, and, then, and then we can go on to, like, Harmony Gold. Um, you know, th that's my point to it. When, when, I'm, when I'm saying that mecha don't necessarily always play well in terms of a given you know franchise they can be the thing that very well kills it uh because they have no purpose there for what the overall you know story is and and that's what you always just got to think about so um you know uh we could definitely wrap it up on that front there and now we can get into some like fandom stuff there we go so okay 
I know you've been dying to talk about Harmony Gold, so go ahead and hit us with it. Muted. Uh, let me let, let me just appoint something real quick before we do. Uh, I don't know if you, I mean, if you are Star Wars, um, Star Wars fan, fan, but um, like, uh, I don't, like, I don't know if you remember one of the Rebel ships uh, from Star Wars. Uh, you know, from the, you know, especially in the Return of the Jedi. Uh, you look one of them. I think it's called Juno Eclipse or something. Like that. I don't. I don't remember where, uh, the, the the name of that ship. But anyway, uh, that ship have like it was bulky on on both ends, but then it, but it has like a freaking like really tiny tube like in the middle. Like I, I was like. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, me personally, I, I was thinking since I was a kid, I mean, I was like, that freaking chip is so easy to destroy. You just need to, you know, find a way to position yourself in, in you know, like, like sideways to that ship and just freaking fire a couple missiles and boom, you, you can take out a whole, a whole ship with, with like 200 people inside or whatever. So it was like... Uh, like, I don't know, I mean, yeah, they always, I think the designers at some point, they, they, they want things to look cool, but they're setting themselves for failure, uh, which is sad, but yeah, when it comes to Harmony Gold, now, now when moving the topic to Harmony Gold, yeah, they, that company, man, telling you, um, I used to, I, like, I used to, I used to go off on micro spirits you know, because they, you know they were talking book crap about harmony goal. Um, yeah, I mean, um, and don't don't get me wrong. Like micro spirits, like real spirits, I, I, I still don't like. Um, even though I make friends in you know some friends uh, that are macro fans, but when it comes to macro spirits, they you know they uh, no no friends, just keeping away from me. However, uh, yeah, I mean I can agree with both uh, with both factions. The freaking harmony goal is so messed up, so sneaky. Um, they really messed up the the Robotech franchise. I mean they screw up big big time. Um, they don't do nothing, and they don't want anybody else to do nothing. Uh, they're putting down this, you know, do not continue, you know, this block, you know, uh, fan projects being blocked left and right. And I'm telling you, man, um, now we, now at some point, uh, freaking June was the, the president of, of Harmony Gold, uh, like, especially because to Robert, they got to know he still is the president. But, you know, he's been... Like really, 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 really putting down fans. I mean, uh, people are abandoning the ship. I see less, way less fans, Robotech fans, than um, back in 2008, 2010. You know, when we used to, when we used to do the shows. When I, I used to be part of, uh, I mean, the Robotech fan on on on, on uh, talk show. I mean. They, they, like, uh, you know, a lot of people are leaving. I mean, uh, they already left. 
Just look at the freaking robotic page now. It's a freaking piece of crap. No forums, no nothing, uh, no news. I mean, it's, it's the freaking thing is dead. And now, like, like freaking macros is coming out with new new series every single year. I mean, I don't want to say that they that they are better because I was I was I was watching a. Uh, the new macros, um, what was, what was, what was the new macros thing? Macros, oh my god, I don't remember the freaking name of the, of the last macros. Um, well, uh, I don't remember though. Uh, Unmuted. it was, it Delta. was a piece of shit. <laughs> macros Delta. Huh? It was Macross Delta. Macros Delta, Delta, Muted. yeah. Muted. Like, like, I watched, I had to watch the whole thing because I was like, there are some aspects of, of the macros that really, you know, like, okay, I, I like the makeups a little bit, you know, I like to see some dog fights and everything, but the story was crap, I mean, like, the the idols were, like, some of them I like, but yeah, I mean, all, all overall, the freaking purpose of the series was crap too, um, Everything was crap. Even the storyline. I mean, the storyline was crap. Uh, the macros epsilon or whatever it was. I mean, that was you know the, the you know the, that that was kind of cool. But you know, and but, but but the thing is that they create more stuff. You know, they bring they, they. I mean, at least they they come out with freaking trash, but they bring it to the to the freaking fandom. Now they're gonna have a freaking macros thirty five. And uh, this year or next year, I think it's gonna be this year. Um, and what Robotech has done, what Honeygo has done, freaking, freaking, uh, freaking uh, comics with with freaking Voltron, and that was like freaking three years ago. And uh, you know, right after um, uh, Karl Masek passed away, they announced Macros Love Live Alive, which I criticize uh, very highly in Robotech.com and I got banned from Robotech.com because I criticized the freaking, you know, Robotech Love Live Alive, which for me it was, it was, it was a freaking Frankenstein. I mean, you're talking about Mospida, Love Live Alive, that Mospida was actually cuts from the original Mospida series, or third generation series, okay? And they made Lord Live Alive, which which of which was already a Frankenstein. And then Harmony Gold took that Frankenstein and add more to it, you know, new animation to it. And actually my friend but Patricio Mosquera, Pat Mosquera, he he's the one who, who made the new animation, just for you to know. Um yeah, the the, the only good part of Broadway Lord Live Alive was actually the new animation that was kinda of, kinda of cool. Um but no, I don't know what they're doing, man. I'm very, I'm really like late. I mean, I'm really um, disappointed with with, with with Harmony Gold. I mean, I, I don't know what they, they freak, yo, they're trying to freaking bring a freaking, a freaking, um, a freaking uh, kid starter project. Like, okay, you guys pay us. For us to to come out with a new with a new series, uh, what you gonna uh, what were you supposed to do with freaking new series? Sell it back to us, you know, put it on sale on the freaking page. So you were gonna 
put the freaking series on sale, or the freaking page, because that was the plan, put it on sale, you know, in a DVD or something like that, so we buy it after we donated money. Like, that's a freaking double cross, freaking thefts. So, like, and then they were stealing uh, characters from other, from other side, and they were stealing freaking characters from, from Attack on Titan, though. And I, and I, 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 I show you those, and I show you the, the characters. I mean, it's sad. It's sad. They're freaking, they're, I mean, they are really, they are screwing up. I mean, they already screw up. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Now they're talking that, I mean, Memo comes out with a notice. Oh, yeah, uh, the guy who made Fast and the Furious, I don't remember, I think his last name is Wong. Uh, he is, is going to be the, he's, he's the director of Robotech. And right now, everybody is happy. I'm going to go. You, you, you look at some forums in Spanish. They're, oh, yeah, we're happy because right now, uh, Wong announced that he's gonna that he's doing Aquaman and he's saying that after Aquaman he's gonna focus on Robotech. So right now everybody's happy because he's making freaking Aquaman. I mean I and he's not really I mean he's it's not really like filming yet. I mean they're picking up the staff. I mean they're picking up the actors, you know, who's gonna be who. So like people are I mean I can't understand I can't, I can't believe that people are I mean are naive nowadays. Still naive, but anyway, ah, I just needed to take this out of my chest. Unmuted. Well, look, I I totally agree with everything you said, one hundred percent. We start with this, okay? Um, for those people who have been trying to hold out for Harmony Gold, the marriage is over. Like it's over. The divorce has begun. And it's been settled, and now it's time to move on with your life, like both parties. And and what I mean by that is this: is Harmony Gold made its bid. It made its bid, and what it thought was, it was going to basically centralize itself around fans who served its financial interest. And what I mean by that are people who basically purchased the Robotech model kits, people who set up here and went to Robotech conventions, people who set up here and took, you know, active roles um, on the Robotech website. But basically, it was all about the concept of, you know, these people would put their money where their mouth was, you know, and, and, and that's what who they should appeal to. And what Harmony Gold forgot was this, is that your own your story's only as good as the best fan who can pick it apart you know i mean that's and that's the truth you know um your story literally is only as good as your best fan who can pick it apart you know and and what happened to harmony gold was they rolled out a story that was just utter garbage which was you know shadow chronicles Shadow Chronicles did allow Harmony Gold to basically jumpstart into a live-action, you know, uh, sequence, but that's only due to the fact of Transformers. I mean, we could all be honest here. Had Transformers not do what it did, or had not done what it done, um, then then people would not be looking at Robotech as a kind of live-action sci-fi property. I mean, that, that is just the God honest truth about that. 
so we then get to a point where you know for all practical purposes you know it dries up with Warner Brothers and then we sit up here and make a shift over to Sony you know Harmony Gold does that behind the scenes but then at the same time Harmony Gold does not want to produce anything new like they just don't want to do it like they don't want to produce any new Robotech product that is legitimate Robotech product and the other problem that they they do have is the fact that they want to rehash old product and then sell it back to their fans so you know to a degree we can look at love live alive and stare at awe about that you know at that monstrosity of a Frankenstein because that's literally what it is it is a Frankenstein I don't think that there's any two ways about that whatsoever um, the fact is they did a hack and slash they were not out to sit up here and do a brand new Robotech property. What they wanted to do, and it became ever so evident, is they wanted to basically take existing Robotech property, mix it in with some newer, you know, acquired, you know, elements, and then try to sell it as if it were Shadow Chronicles. You know, now remember love live alive was so shall we say lack thereof that ultimately what harmony gold did is they bundled shadow chronicles with it for free you know it was a two for one or there and that told you everything you need to know about love live alive just based on that right there you know um then of course we do get to Robotech Academy and Robotech Academy is like quite honestly like the end all be all of uh, of the WTF moments of Harmony Gold when they sit up here and say listen we want to have half a million dollars and we're going to make you a piloted episode and then it's like okay so how's this going to work you're going to take half a million dollars, you're going to make a piloted episode, and then what? What are you going to do? Like, you're going to, like you said, Kaiser, sell it back to us? So we're going to give you half a million dollars only so you could sell it back to us at $20 a pop? 30 minutes long? Maybe an hour if we're lucky? No. Like, who does that shit? You know, and, and the fact that they are you know invoking Carl Masick's name you know it's like oh the you know the, the guy kicking rocks you know wants to you know he, he, he would want it to be this way he, he'd want it to be this way and everyone talks about how you know how Carl would want it to be this way and it's like nah that's not how he'd want it to be you know to begin with Carl Masick would never have done a Kickstarter in the fashion that Harmony Gold did from the standpoint of tastelessness. He never would have done that. And if Carl Masick would have done it, he would have created his own company and done it that way. That's what he would have done. You know? And he also would not have ripped off other artistic design concepts 
in order to fulfill his own. In fact, that was like one of the really, really big things. If you remember about the development of Robotech the Sentinels, that was one of his really big things, is that he was not trying to rip off, you know, Matt Cross for Hayes and Hunter and the rest of them. He wasn't looking to do that, and that's why he made them so much older in the actual story. So, yeah, I mean, Harmony Gold made a lot of mistakes in these past couple years that have not ca caught up with him. Oh, go right ahead. Muted. Well, the thing is, the, the thing is that uh, when it comes to Kurt Masick, um, and this is something that we'll be talking with Juan, um, uh, the guys, um, like, they, they come out with this idea and they put Kurt Masick's uh, name in there because he's dead. He cannot defend himself. I mean, he's saying that, you know, uh, no, there's, they, they were saying that that was his last, his last wish, uh, I'm talking about Love, Live, Alive, and I don't think that Love, Live, Alive was actually Carl Masick's, uh, project, I, I can't, I don't think so, I, I don't believe this, I don't really believe it, I mean, it's impossible for me to believe that, that they came out with a piece of crap, uh, like, you know, the Abby, that, I can't believe that he would actually come out with a, He's so probably that. I mean, he was a genius. I mean, like, how, like, no, no. And then, like, the Kickstarter, no, 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 that's not Carmesic. I mean, we know what Carmesic creates. I mean, if, like, if, it, if, it, if it's going to be a piece of crap, like freaking Robotech 3000, then, yeah, it's going to be his piece of crap, but it's going to be something that he does creates, I mean, or he does do on his own, like you say, he might create a company or he might get funds somewhere else, but he's not going to rip off fans like that. I mean, that was not his style. I know, I mean, ripping off fans, that is actually Steve or Tommy Jones' uh, style. Yes, that's that's actually their their motto. That, that's actually how they, they operate. So, no, I mean, and they were saying, I mean, uh, they were like trying to tell people, you know, uh, appeal to people's senses, especially hardcore fans. Like, okay, like freaking hardcore. I mean, uh, freaking, uh, you know, Kermisi was agonizing, saying that, you know, he, uh, he, in his last breath, he says, uh, "Do love live alive," and boom, pass away. That's bullshit. Because I mean, that's. You know, it's amazing how, I mean, and this actually was brought by Memo and, and Mr. Fisher. So, yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't believe this. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, and it's bad that they, that they invite uh, Karen Masek's wife to the, uh, you know, to the, when they announce Lovely Valai, they invite her over, like, you know, the trying to use her image, though. I mean, it was sad. It was so freaking sad. I have to use this guy's family. I mean, you know, to the you know to the announcement and everything. Take pictures and stuff. I mean, you know, I remember you know pictures. The pictures were leaked to us. I think one still have them. Um, it, it it was crazy though. It was. It was it was bad. It was real, real, real bad. How sneaky, how bad, how evil a company can be that you're gonna use 
somebody, I mean, a good man, a good man's, you know, uh, dead, uh, and, oh, and uh, you know, to come out with something, and then you're going to use this awesome person's family, you know, to make people believe that, you know, oh, the, the whole thing is legit, it's, it's Carl Masek's, uh idea, project, uh, you know, goal. No, 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 that, that's evil. That's one of the reasons why I attack Love Live Lives very much, get banned from, from, uh, from Harmony Go Robotech pay, uh, fan page. I, I, uh, I, I say F you all, like F, F you, F you, F you memo, F you this, F you, you know, and I left, uh, they banned me, um, so, yeah, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I mean, like, no. I, I, you know, things are going real, real down. You see, you see the freaking uh, Rotex store. I mean, there is nothing new, though. I mean, like, I, I, I know happy. I know. I, I don't want to sound like happy penguins. I mean, I don't want to sound like her, but I mean, like, she says that she wishes the Rotex fades away. I don't want Rotec to fade away. I don't want I don't want to I don't want Rotec to die but like I re, I I'd rather see, you know, like 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 put Robotec in a box, um and you know, like put it on the side and uh, the I mean when the fans just create, you know, like you know yeah, fan projects on the side or something like that, so we fans can keep, you know, the Rotec universe. We, 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 you know, we can keep it alive. But I don't, I don't want, I don't want Robotec to be in the hands of these guys. I rather just, you know, uh, you know, Robotech be the whole Robotech team be in a box uh, of, you know, of memories or something like that. But now, I mean, it's. Goes to the point that I, I don't I don't I don't really visit Harmony Goals uh, Facebook. I don't really put I don't really I don't really I don't really put a like into their freaking Facebook page. I don't I don't like I hate them like for what they for what they do with the saga world, what they do with the whole franchise, or what they do with the fans, for you know the sneaky ways that they're trying to to do and like and then I ask like where is the freaking money people. People spent like all these years, you know. We're not talking about uh, 2010. We're talking about freaking uh, 1980s, 1990s. I mean, people were spending money. I mean, buying robotic products because uh, people there, there were a lot of fans. I mean, buying back then, buying stuff. So, so like, what happened with the money they uh, they they gathered on the 80s? On the I mean, like, you see you. You, you just can't tell me that, you know, that, uh, I don't know, that yeah, the freaking Shadow Chronicles are freaking uh, Sentinels dry all up. I mean, there's too much corruption in the freaking company. Unmuted. I, you know, here's here's how I look at this. Um... If we were talking specifically about Carl Masick and and what he was he was going after, I know for a fact that that Robotech Academy was not on that 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 was not in his field of vision. In the way that he looked at Robotech, he looked at what was the most feasible thing to do at the time. That's how he looked at it. 
And I know this because I actually talked to him about this. And, you know, he, like, for example, Carl Masick believed Orgus was part of Robotech. He believed this. But he also believed that Orgus was just too complicated of a piece to actually produce at that given point in time. Now, it's important to understand that because Orgus was going to be the last piece that he would ever do that would actually genuinely encapsulate the original production style of the original 85 episodes of Robotech. You know? And, and this is something that's really important for people to understand here, okay? With Carl Masick, he had a very interesting beast, which was part of it was, you know, allowing the animation to tell the story effectively. You know, the other part of it was, you know, filling in the gaps of that animation and telling your own story. What happened was, because, you know, Tommy Yoon, quite honestly has never worked on the latter end of Robotech, meaning working from the standpoint of having an animation tell your story in terms of you have visuals, and then based on these visual sequences, you have to write a story of dialogue around that. In narration, Tommy Yoon really just wasn't prepared to fill in the gaps of what happens between those those uh you know those time frames you know and this is why the dude screws up the timeline you know and then in love live alive what do they try to do in love live alive they try to sit up here and, and, and date it they try to change the date again you know they try to do this and it's it, it's really amazing to me how, how this all works out because it's clear that Carl Masick didn't have a hand in Love Live Alive in the way that these guys would love it to be. You know, he didn't, you know. It's clear that even if you are talking about Robotech Academy, all right, even if you are talking about Robotech Academy, did Carl Masick have a, have a you know, a pre-production script for it? Probably. Don't deny that whatsoever. All right. Does that mean that Carl Masick actually wanted to actually do that piece? Well, evidently no. I mean, the guy never sat up here and told a single soul about it. The guy never sat up here and talked about it to anyone. You know, he just jotted some thoughts down for a script on some paper and then filed it away. That's what he did. That is exactly what he did. You know. And he wasn't even coming close to going in the direction of Robotech Academy. See, th that's the thing about Robotech Academy that like pisses me off the most. Is the fact that the trajectory that Harmony Gold was going. Robotech Academy had no place for that whatsoever. In, in how Carl Masick was being brought on board and what he was going to be doing. It had none. You know, there was no one who was going to say, let's go back to, you know, a time in Robotech where basically we're going to be in between the Sentinels and Southern Cross. Let's go back to that time. Like, think about that for a moment. Why would Carl Masick want to go back to a point in time 
that would be for all practical purposes of moving a franchise forward so frivolous and that right there tells you everything no he didn't do this shit now he may have thought about this in one format or another and said this is how I would fill this in and that's totally understandable like the dudes up here trying to tell a multi-generational story you are going to have certain notes you are gonna have certain scripts I mean that totally makes sense no one's saying that you're not gonna have that but for the love of God you're not gonna sit up here and say oh yeah here this is where we're gonna start Robotech we're gonna start it right here between the Sentinels and Southern Cross because it's the most pointless time frame of all time frames and yeah it's gonna carry on the story in what way I have no clue honestly but it's gonna it's gonna work some way shape or form you know and it's like no that's just the stupidest shit ever you know and you know to the point of his family you know they, they trot his wife out they sit up here and say you know here you know she's on board you know and she she you know has the same dream that Carl had this that and the other and all this other stuff and you're looking at this like no 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 and it gets it comes down to one core core fact about the entire situation dead people don't talk that's what it is dead people don't talk so the only thing you have to go based on are their actions in life and unfortunately for Harmony Gold and for everybody who wanted to cash in on Carl Masick people were able to figure out before it was too late that this is not the kind of thing that Carl Masick would have done like for example you look at Love Live Alive would Carl Masick have done a Love Live Alive well yeah he would have done a Love Live Alive but he would have done it completely differently than that he wouldn't have sat up here and, and, and just retold a bunch of episodes and streamlined them together he wouldn't have done that there was no need to do something like that I mean heck if you're gonna do that why not just simply just re-release a Robotech blu-ray box set you know I mean like seriously why not do that before you go do love live alive you know and again this goes back to a core fundamental understanding here that it is so easy to sit up here and to take the deceased and say oh they would do this or they would do that or they would do the other and then reality smacks you in the face and you realize no the fuck they wouldn't they would never do something like this it makes no sense what they're trying to do because he would not have done that he would have never taken up Robotech and said let's start from that point you know now in the past understand something I did say that what they're gonna have to do and Carl Masick did understand this is they were going to have to go back to a place where everybody could agree okay so like in other words we gotta remember Tommy Yoon laughed at what Carl Masick did in terms of Robotech 3000 he laughed at that and said ah, Carl Masick just doesn't have what it takes anymore really to do Robotech but I do then Tommy Yoon sat up here and threw out Shadow Chronicles and his ass got burned on that you know now granted he had moderate success okay if we can use that term so moderate that he had to give the shit away to sell Robotech level of alive and so moderate that it's free now to watch it online I mean like 
and, and I'm talking through like legitimate channels. You know, we're not even talking like you know go pirating the shit. You don't have to. You know, and and to that point, Tom, like if if you want to see how big of a failure Tommy Yoon has been in his role for Robotech, look at one simple thing. Just one simple thing. Does it even make sense to actually pay for? Does it make sense to actually pay for a Robotech DVD box set any longer? Or if Robotech were to come out tomorrow in Blu-ray, would you buy it? No. Why? Because you can go stream that shit on Netflix, or you can go stream that shit on you know uh, Crackle or on um you know, on Hulu or Amazon Prime or wherever we are talking, it really doesn't matter. The fact is, you can go stream that shit wherever you want to. Legitimately. And, in some cases, free. So, you have a lot going on on that end that I think just speaks for itself in the same way that you know if, if I were looking at this um, you know if you're talking the live action movie you know if you're talking the live action movie they're just I, I don't even know what to say about that like I just think that's like more of a of a pipe dream I don't think that you can really sit up here and, and look at you know um, people who work on movies and then, you know, have them say, well, after we get done with this movie, we're going to move on to this movie. You know, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You know, there's a lot that goes into producing a movie. There's a lot that goes into creating a production and you don't know where you're going to be, quite frankly, after you get done with the production, when you move on to the next one. Because the market changes, your demographics change, your revenue streams change, you know, you got to do what's profitable at that time, you know, because these are multi-million dollar projects that you're actually dealing with. So the idea that you're going to sit up here and just say, oh, well, you know, after, you know, Aquaman, we're going to do Robotech. Well, first off, I mean, I don't know why everyone's excited about Aquaman. Because last time I checked, Aquaman was pretty lame. Alright, now, maybe, you know, they're going to do some, like, you know, resurrection of Aquaman, where Aquaman turns out to be really awesome, and this, that, and the other, you know, or maybe it's going to be like a revamp, I should say, not a resurrection, but, but a revamp of Aquaman. But regardless, Aquaman is, is normally pretty lame, so I, I don't even know where we'd be going with that. Um, you know... In regards, though, to working on Robotech after that, I mean, that doesn't mean anything at all. It doesn't. Like, someone can say that, someone can want to believe that, but that does not mean that's going to be the case. You know, and, and that's something that I do have to point out, as far as that goes. They, they, they were announcing this freaking live-action movie since 2000 and... Four, two thousand six, or maybe prior to that, 
they were announcing that movie like uh, Tobey Maguire was gonna do the, you know, Warner Brothers and then somebody else took it and then Sony Japan Entertainment was the last one. But, dude, I mean, it's, I don't, I mean, the, the chance for that to happen, they are down to like, not even 1%, I mean, your chances, I mean, that's very, that's, I don't want to say unlikely, because unlikely is too, it's too light, uh, I would say it's impossible right now, like, it's almost impossible, like, it's, it's not possible, like, like, they screw up Robotech real, real bad, that, they have to come, I mean, in order for, like, one, to, to revive Robotech, they're just gonna have to come up with some, with some good shit, I mean, something real, real awesome, like, if that happens, if that happens, because, like, the market, like you say, it's not really in that direction nowadays, uh, it was back in the days, but nowadays, mm, like, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. Uh, one of the things I want to. I mean, like, I'm really agree with you when you say that Carmesi wouldn't download. I mean, he might have downloaded Live Alive, but yeah, the way they did it, I don't think actually. I mean, Carmesi would actually done it. Like, I don't know. If you watch the very end of Love Live Alive when freaking Lancer uh, goes, you know, gets back to his house, you know, where. Uh, Freaking, I don't remember her name, um, was waiting for him, Acera, when Acera was waiting for him, uh, he said, and she, she actually suggests that she was pregnant, like, what the hell, man, what the hell, how he can impregnate a freaking infant, like, how can, yo, how could this happen, though, I mean, like, what kind of shit is that? Like, like, dude, like, freaking, freaking Ariel, when she was cut, I mean, she got freaking green blood, green blood. Like, her pH, or if she has pH, is, is real different than ours. Like, she can look very familiar, I mean, and I can say, I can see, you know, have sex or in your in intercourse with an invite, yeah, because uh, actually a uh, freaking sore was able to do it uh, in the in the McKinney books, you know, with uh, the, um, with uh, the Regis. However, however, uh, like impregnate, like really get an invite pregnant, you know, with a human child, I mean, they're not even compatible, like, when it comes to blood, I mean, she has a human form, but that doesn't make her a freaking human, so, where, where, I mean, who, who whose idea was this, like, who came out with this bullshit, <laughs> I mean, who wrote this story, and that's, that, that goes down to freaking Tommy Young, like, like they, yeah, like what the heck is wrong with this dude? Like, like why? I mean, why you just, why you just? I don't know. Like, 
Why did, why did you just don't put a freaking hentai tentacle monster in in that movie? You know, cause cause the movie was was messed up already. I mean, if you put a tentacle monster there, uh, you know, it wouldn't make it worse. It would, you know, it, like it's, you know, this yo, and, and I have no words. I mean, when I remember this stuff, yo, I I get real angry, man. <laughs> you know, real, I, I, I'm like, damn, they messed up. Go on. Unmuted. You, you know what? Um, there are two things about Love Love Live that you could point out and say are huge mistakes. Um, the first thing is this, okay? Which which is the thing that we all have to remember. Scott Bernard was gone by that point. Like he was straight up gone. Like Love Live Alive literally runs in contradiction to the final episode, which is episode 85 of Robotech. And it says that Scott Bernard actually didn't take off, that Scott Bernard actually just, you know, hung around, you know, and shot the shit with everyone. And then at some point later on, he takes off, which we know is not the case. You know, everybody knows that, like, literally, the dude does his deal, and then he goes. And you know this based on the fact that Sarah does what? What is Sarah doing? She's going to the concert. And she isn't knocked up. That's the whole thing. Like, Lancer is having his final concert. Sarah is doing what? Sarah is going to the concert. And she, she's not pregnant. Okay? Now, that's your first big, huge mistake right there. Okay? In re regards to Lancer, Sarah, and Scott Bernard. Like, that's just... You can't, you can't work your way around that one. Okay? But what makes, you know, insult to injury is literally the fact that Lancer was able to impregnate Sarah. I totally agree with that. That was A, uncalled for. B, it was stupid. C, it opens up a brand new life form to the Robotech universe, which then calls into question if the Regis had the ability to give birth. If she had the ability to give birth for this greater life form, then why did she go through the steps of evolution? it would have been pointless. You know, I mean, like, like when, when you sit up here and think about this, you know, it would have been completely pointless to have taken Envid and evolved them into stage five when all you needed literally to have were a couple simulagents, go around, you know, take a few for the team, Nine months later, pop out some Envid, you know, hyper life forms, and the Regis would then take those life forms as the next step in human evolution. There would be no need to create the Royal Command Battleoid. There would be no need to have, you know, an Envid prince or princess. There would be no need to have, uh, you know, Envid royalty, if it were. There would be no need for any of that shit. You know, that was just like wasted protoculture. Here's a way we can sit up here and devise a brand new life form that is, you know, truly what this planet 
you know, um, finds as its as its most resilient form. And, and we don't even have to sit up here and, and use Genesis pits and all of the above. We don't got to do any of that shit. You know, this is the problem that you run into with what you did. You know, and, and, and then it comes down to this. Why don't you just have fucking breeding farms? Like, seriously, you know, you have people sit up here and, and you got like, you know, um, you know, uh, sharecroppers on protoculture farms who sit up here and, and, and you know, you know, uh, deal with the protoculture. And then after a hard day's work, they go in and bang some simulagents. And then after that, they breed them like cows and just boom, call the day. I mean, you might as well just make it like that. You literally might as well make it like that if you're going to go down this road because that is how stupid Yoon's idea was in regards to Sarah. It really, really, really was. You know, but, you know, most of all, it was just inappropriate. I mean, it was inappropriate. I mean, like, either Sarah gained weight, and that's what he's going to tell us, like, two years from now, we'll know she just gained some weight. Or what he's going to be telling us is, you know, you know, it was a bodysuit. And she had to be in disguise. And, you know, um, you know, there were still, you know, ruffians around. And if word got out that she was an invid, well, her life might be in danger. So the whole idea was that, you know, after Lancer's party, you know, Sarah goes back to the house and then puts on her, you know, pregnancy suit. There you go, it's a pregnancy suit. I'm like, like, this is how stupid this idea is on its face. You know, the things that I threw out just sounded really stupid, but, but knocking up Sarah and making her pregnant was equally as stupid as well. Equally as stupid. You know, the only difference between what I said and what Tommy Yoon did was the fact that the pregnancy suit, based on the fact that Lancer was willing to change himself into a woman and get himself out of some crazy shit, the pregnancy suit would totally make sense from that standpoint, okay? Like, you could actually make a case for that. Not that I'm going to, because I'm not going to, because I believe when it comes right down to it, Sarah is, you know, the infid, you know, princess. You know, some ruffians aren't going to hurt her. It's not going to work like that. You know, it's just going to come down to this. They sit up here and lay a hand on her. The Regis is coming back. You know, and she's coming back with all her children. So, you know, even to that, um, I, I honestly just cannot accept what they did with Love, Love, Live. I can't. Um, I felt like what they did is they basically tried to, you know, start off with the concept of the uh, the Exodus. They went with that. You know, they, they, they got into a whole, like, well, let's sit up here and, you know, show, like, the, the you know, the... the um, the Battle of the Exodus, and it's almost like they wanted to go there, but then they veered off and said, ah, you know what, this would be too costly, we don't want to do this from a financial standpoint of production, so let's just get into this shit right here. And I think that that right there is what killed it. I, I do. Um, I don't think you even need to get to the end. I think you just get to the point where you, you move past, I want to say, the Battle of the Exodus, you get into you know, unteen years later with the timeline debacle and then you're like, my god these guys are fucking morons they're just fucking morons and that's how, that's how I feel about it 
Um, I, I definitely think that after Love, Love Alive, I don't see how Tommy Yoon did not lose his job. I just don't. You know? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I just don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't see how the guy did not lose his job. Go right ahead. Muted. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 he's lucky to have, to have uh, Frank Agrama as his boss, immediate boss, because I think Frank Agrama doesn't know shit about anime or anime or like anime series or anything. Like, yeah, whatever Tommy just says, he I think he goes to, uh, you know, so. That's real messed up. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. If I, yo, I'm telling you, man. If I was, uh, if like I don't know, man. If I was freaking Tommy June's boss, man, I could have just punched him right in the face and fired him. You know, take whatever suit they he he will actually do because I put my hands on him. But I will be better than than to have him actually working for me because he's he's a disgrace. He, he's a disgrace for any company. He's a disgrace for for anything. Like, he's a disgrace whatsoever. His freaking life, I mean, his freaking exist existence is a disgrace. So, like, dude, dude, ha I mean, like, I, me personally, I can go, I can go with the sex thing, like, you know, because, we, yeah, okay, so they were able to, you know, you know evolution into human form. So they will actually have to like you know you know uh, study human body you know when it comes to like you know the whole uh, you know all the parts of the human body and you know the functions but but my, my, my big problem is that like you say freaking freaking inbit they were like they were the closest thing to a freaking. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, I, I don't know how you call these things that have a shell, and actually, you know, they hide on the shell, they're very, they're very, uh, they're very slow, uh, I don't know how to call those things. Unmuted. Um, Hermit crabs. Those things that, yeah, that, well, that, something like that. So, yeah, they were, they were the closest things to that. Muted. You know, and... And you're telling me that, you know, like, like, dude, I mean, what kind of life form can be, you know, can be achieved or can be, can actually, you know, be produced, you know, with the combination of a human and a freaking crack, crab or, or whatever the imbis were. Like, what, I, I mean, I mean, I was, like, thinking of the new life form. I mean, what the hell will, will that be? Like, I mean, it will be, like, uh, being like green uh, or it will be yellow or what the hell I mean yo freaking Tommy June I'm telling you he screw up I mean he really screw up big time like, like like I was saying why he doesn't why didn't he just put a freaking hentai uh, octopus I mean you know with tentacles monster or something like that you know like uh, you know or something like like that wouldn't hurt his freaking thing. I mean, that actually made the movie a little bit more entertaining, you know, like, because we know it's, you know, we, we will know that it's so, it's so bullshit, 
you know what I mean? But he actually tried to sell this freaking like idea like it was something serious. Like he was trying to sell this thing like, oh my God, this is serious. This is this is the new Robotech Lord Live Alive. We're expanding the Robotech universe. No, you're not. No, you don't. You're not expanding no Robotech universe. You're actually shrinking it. You actually make it look stupid. I mean, yo, after this, I was freaking hiding under under every single rock, every single rock in freaking internet, because all these macro spirits were like freaking like bashing on us. I mean, I, I, I couldn't say anything. I, I mean, against it because freaking love live a life. Even it was a disgrace even for me. I mean, that I love. And, I mean, all Robotech pros, but. Yo, I have to hide, you know, get away from from the forums of Robotex and get away from anything, I mean, from everybody. And, like, yo, that's, that's, I mean, it's embarrassment. It's embarrassment to everybody. It's, 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 it's so embarrassing. And then, yeah, just, you know what, I was, and, and you brought up an important point that freaking Scott Bernard were actually, you know, with everybody and uh, with candles. I don't know what it, what what it was, candles or something like that. You know, like holding up candles to actually uh, see Lancer or something like that or whatever. I mean, dude, man, um, I just I I, I I I don't know what to say. I just don't know what to say. Man. I mean, that was real, real, the whole thing was real stupid, was real, real stupid, that, like, I, I think, I know I'm bashing that series, like, two, three years after, but I think this was, this was the opportunity to do it, I mean, uh, in a podcast, I mean, yeah, because I have this in my chest for a long time, gone. Unmuted. Well, this is actually one of the reasons why I I went into a, um, it wasn't the main determining reason, um, but it was one of the reasons to why I felt it was time to, you know, um, step away from Robotech and allow things just to play out, you know. Uh, what happened with me, and, and we can talk about this more, like, the next time we do this, um... But, uh, was, the writing was just on the wall. You know, after Love Live Alive and the catastrophe that thing was, which I had already said it was going to be a catastrophe, so I wasn't even surprised that it was. Um, and I pointed out, even back then, that they were giving Shadow Chronicles away for free. I'm like, guys, this thing's a piece of shit. After that, and then, um, Robotech Academy, I was just like, the fandom has spoken, it's over. Like, this is just over now. Um, and there was nothing to be served by at that point doing a podcast. There really wasn't like technically there wasn't the fact that, you know, obviously I have, you know, following so on and so forth, but you know, from, from a practical standpoint of content and stuff like that, you know, the fandom at that point has to decide what it wants to do, you know, and, um, what's really interesting about it. Sorry about that. Is um at the same time Harmony Gold had to decide what it wanted to do. And it made its decisions. And um 
you know, I I can't get behind Level of Live at all. I, I can't. Um, I think that that was a huge mistake. I think it was an inappropriate piece. I think that it was the kind of thing that I could see, you know, like, just, I, I could see it as an insider, in terms of Harmony Gold, an insider piece that Harmony Gold does to try to, you know, work as a tin plate on how do we do our next Robotech, you know, venture. Like, I could see that. But only internally. It's the kind of piece that you never realistically show your audience. You just don't do that. Like, for example, like when Carl Masick made um, Robotech Untold Story, there were two versions of Robotech Untold Story that he had. The one that he actually wanted, which never got show, was never shown, due to the fact that Canon Films wanted, um, you know, Untold Story to have more action, if it were, um, and less storytelling. And, um, you know, if his wife was ever going to do anything, then she ought to release that. That's how I feel about that. Uh, but the other thing is this, is, you know, to the point of Love Live Alive, uh, Love Live Alive just totally undercut the, the want, need, and desire for these guys to even produce more Robotech. It did. It just killed it right there. I mean, just like, there's no two ways about it. It utterly killed it in a way that is just indescribable. It's, and, and you know, you've got people saying this now where they're just like, just put it on the shelf. You know, wait for the franchise to, you know, play itself out, so on and so forth, and all the above, and just call it a day. You know, and anymore. In the way that I look at it personally, you know, I've got my 85 episodes. What more can I ask for? You know, the question is, what more can I actually ask for? Because I have 85 episodes. I don't need to have anything else other than the 85 episodes. And maybe 86 with the Sentinels. You know, possibly 86 with the Sentinels. But, you know, with that being said, it just is what it is. You know, it it really is. I, I don't, I just don't think that in the overall scheme of things, there is anything gained through allowing these guys to carry on with the franchise any further. And, and you know, the best thing that Franco Grama ever did for Tommy Yoon is he sat up here and asked him one simple question. What does the Neutron S missile do? Like, what, what does it do? And then, of course, Tommy Yoon tried to answer that, and in trying to answer that, he created one of the biggest plot holes in Robotech history. You know, in terms of um, Shadow Chronicles, when you got, like, Rick Hunter and, you know, the SDF-3 going into a black hole. And in reality, all they had to do was, you know, Vince Grant, all he literally had to do was simply pull Emerson's black hole maneuver and that would have eliminated the black hole and saved the STF-3 uh, at the same time. 
you know, just stupid shit, man, just dumb shit, like, like these people don't, don't think at all. And then on top of that, the truth is, is that a black hole is not going to actually, in the way that Robotech, you know, starships are made, a black hole really can't destroy a Robotech, or a Robotech starship with a, with a full drive, you know, anyways. So, it's like one of those kind of things where you just look at it and you shake your head and you go, my God, these, like, Eunice missed it on so many different points anymore that it's just, you got to shake your head, you know, and you got to ask yourself, when is it going to end? Like, when are these guys going to give it up? When are they going to realize that they're not going to go anywhere with the franchise? Um... Because I, I do think that the franchise is going to be in stagnation for a while. I do. Um, I'm not saying I necessarily want it to trade hands or something like that. Uh, but there's clearly no need to carry on with, you know, Robotech in the way that it currently is being dealt out now. There's just no need to do that. Um, and I, I don't think it serves a purpose any longer. I think what you have is you have fans wanting more Robotech for the sake of ha wanting more Robotech, and they don't give a damn what they, they get as a result. On the flip side of that, though, I think you do have fans that really do care, and they realize no Robotech is better than bad Robotech. You know, it's 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 just the truth. So I will leave it at that. Um, now, Kaiser, was there anything else that you wanted to say? Um, muted. I was, I was, I was thinking about, I was thinking about some of the things that you were saying, especially with the uh, Shadow Chronicles, and, and like I just want to close. I mean, there are. There are there is a lot to say, though. There is a lot to say, but I think we're going to have to do for the next show. However, I mean, like, I'm just going to say that I think I think Tommy Young, low, I mean, I, I think he lowered, uh, I mean, uh, fans' expectations. You know, like, uh, this is, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm thinking that he's using that that strategy just just lower just come out with with really crappy stuff really bullshit stuff to lower people's uh expectations of robotech uh you know so actually whatever bullshit he brings is gonna be okay yeah let's do new robotech stuff let's do it let's watch it let's buy it because i mean because i mean it's either that or he's a or he's a moral period because too much, too much failures. I mean, too much bad decisions. Too much uh, screw ups. Cannot, you know. I, I don't see a human being do. I mean, being so unsuccessful, you know, to fail so many times. I don't see that. But anyway, I think Tommy Jun will be the first one to actually see uh, failing uh, every time, all the time. So. Anyway, I'm going to close with that. Uh, thank you so much, though, uh, for bringing me to your show. Uh, I mean, just uh, let's do, I don't know, whatever, whenever you want to do a show, yeah, I'm open. Unmuted. And uh, what are good times for you? Just so I know.
best times for me is like, especially Saturdays late, like late nights, like late today. Like is 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 the is the is the best because uh, like I really stop doing stuff after a nine p.m. So after like a nine p.m. ten p.m. then you know I am free all the way until uh, morning if you need me. So that that be the best the best the best time for me. All right, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure because um, I I got Maurice down in terms of he's more he's like. I want to say he can do things throughout the week and stuff like that, but um, I, I think in terms of the way we were doing the episodes, you know, when you get to like you know three ish episodes and whatnot, um, you know that that I'm quite sure it takes a toll took a toll on him because we were doing like live episodes, you know, um, and my whole thing is to probably do a live episode. It's either going to be every i'm thinking saturday um or it's going to be by saturday i'm gonna see how it works um simply because there's a lot of things to talk about and i mean clearly when 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 i do live episodes they just run longer you know they do and like this like for anybody who's gonna like look at this and go i can't believe this shit's like three hours long i'd be like yep that's how it really works you know live podcast could be three hours five hours God only knows in terms of length of time, um, but no, yeah, um, I, I will definitely schedule. I'm gonna schedule another uh, episode. It will be on Saturday um, because I think pretty much the way I'm gonna do it is one week I'm going to be doing my Xenoforce Reborn um, live episodes. I'm gonna do that, um, and then I'm gonna the following week do Robotech because uh, it seems like every single time I try to do them back to back. I run into problems. Um, now today it was just a simple thing of I like just gotta find the tablet. It was misplaced, um, which is no big deal. Um, so I just busted out my laptop and said, "Okay, fine, I'll use my Mac and just call today." Uh, yo, but, yo, yo! Before you close, I got a yeah. question for you. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, well, I mean, one thing, one thing. Before the question, I want to tell you one thing. Uh, this app thingy. Uh, you know this thing that we're I'm using right now is awesome, yo. With this thing, it's easy for me to join a podcast. I mean, it's it's easy. So I strongly, I highly recommend people to download this app. I think it's free conference call. Really, it's really useful though. Uh, another time, and that comes with my question, yo. What uh, what is um. What happened with the with, with the penguins? Uh, who who was Serokaiba? Uh, I mean, all these guys, all of these, all of these, uh, you know, like the the I don't know, I don't remember the name of the guy who who was who wrote the uh, droids, you know, no, Death Death Droids. Uh, last dance or whatever, like I don't remember his name. Yo, what happened? What happened with this? What happened with this uh, peculiar crew? Do you have any? Do you have any? 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 Any news from them? Also? Unmuted. Well, um, as far as Happy Penguin went, um, I guess she was she was diagnosed with cancer. Wow, what a surprise! Um, and uh, she actually wrote me or sent me an apology email. Which I just didn't care about. It's like the only reason why you're apologizing is because you you have cancer, and 
you think you're going to die, and that's why you're sorry. So your apology means nothing, because if you were really sorry, you wouldn't have done it in the first place. I mean, that's pretty much how it works. Um, there was that. Uh, Seto Kaiba, he got engulfed in his own turmoil. He did. Um, after the whole Macross world, like the whole Macross world incident there, um, his shit like just straight up cratered. Now, I don't know in what capacity he now works within like Macross or, you know, even in Robotech. And, and keep in mind that because Harmony Gold practically dissolved the Robotech forums, he just, he no longer has that outlet, you know, so I'm not sure what he's actually doing on Macross World, I mean, we will have to do a follow episode, uh, follow up episode to that, um, as far as the rest of them go, though, like, realistically, uh, what, what happened to most of them is they just had breakdowns, they did, you know, I mean, it's, it's literally what happens, like you, like, for example, Viper, poof, fell off along the way, um, you'll, you know, you saw what JT, what happened with JT, you know, he had a conversion, you know, based on the events that took place, you know, he had some, some like, you know, moment where he saw the light, I guess, and said, hey, you know what, this is how it ought to be, um, you, uh, even other Robotech podcasters, ones that are much older than me, they all flipped the script. And they, and they all changed. I mean, like, and, and that's one of the reasons why I just, like, walked away. Because there was nothing left to do. Like, like, like literally, there wasn't. Like, the story had ended. It, 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 it There was never going to be a story in the way that this all played out where I was going to, like, be standing on a heap of people as the king. I mean, like, I never thought that was going to happen. But as you as you slowly start started to see these people just, like, turn into these avenues of whatever direction they were going to go, which was not the, you know, their, their given path. I'll put it that way. Wasn't their, uh, their, their original given path. You realized it was just kind of over. It was. Um, and it was the kind of thing where I just said, okay, fine. You know what? I'm just going to let it be. Um, because there was nothing really left to say without really just at that point harming, you know, um, harming the whole intent of what I went after in the first place, you know, so sometimes you can sit up here and win something and just, you know, win by walking away from it because enough's already been said. And that's, that's basically what happened there. I mean, like, like literally anybody who was on the, I'll put it this way, the other side, we'll just phrase it like that, the other side, it's they're gone as you see their history i mean you you honestly answered your own question it's like what happened to them and it's like they each just dissolved or imploded one by one by one and the truth is they couldn't even keep their their i would say their alliances together they couldn't do it you know um because there was nothing to really cement that for them and um it's sad in one sense i mean because really it totally does eliminate an entire avenue of conversation that you can have. I mean, it really does. 
Um, in another sense, though, to be perfectly honest with you, there are bigger and better things to talk about than them. And there always was. And I, I honestly don't think that in this current climate where Macross stands, they would even... They wouldn't stand much of a chance anyways. Like, Love Live Alive was pretty bad. Okay. But Macross Delta is even worse. You know, so... You know, it, it, it is... Oh, yes! It, oh, yes! <laughs> it is. Oh, yes! We can make... We can, we, I think we should make a... I think... I, I mean, I know we're not, you know, like, real macros, macros. Uh, but I think... <laughs> It will be uh, it will be awesome. We can bash a little bit Macros Delta for for next episode. I'll be oh, oh, for the following episode. I don't know, but you know I'm so ready to do it too. I have so much material to a point. Unmuted. Oh, I know my Macross. I know my Macross almost as well as I know my Robotech. Um, now, in all fairness, I haven't like watched Robotech or dealt with Robotech since I left the podcast. Um, so I'm a little rusty on it, but, and I'm going to get back into it, but, um, as far as Macross went, I watched like the first, I think it was 15 minutes of Macross Delta and I haven't watched anything. So I just turned it off. I said, I am not going to be a part of this. I refuse to be a part of this, you know, <laughs> and then right then and there, I almost started up my podcast again. I almost did. I almost started it up. It, it almost made me, and I said, I'm not starting the podcast up. It's a Robotech podcast. So to start it up over that crap is just like, no, I can't do that. You know. Um, no, no, but it's no. Muted. <laughs> it, no, but there's a lot of material, though. Just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Man. Like, 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 I want to do it. I wanna, I mean, I want, I like, me and one, I was like, I was trying to push one to do a, a, I mean, let's do a podcast about this, man, we need to do it, we need to, like, freaking, this is, the, the freaking Sailor Moon, Macros, Sailor, uh, whatever, I mean, yeah. like, I remember, I, I remember I said to a Macro Spirit, because he was like, ah, oh, freaking Robotech, they stole, uh, you know, uh, Macros uh, stuff from Macros, from, you know, the Macros universe, yada, 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 and I was like, shut the hell up, man, freaking Macros Delta stole, you know, stole stuff from, from freaking Sailor Moon, though. Because those those things are actually Sailor Moon. I mean, like like singing and dancing and and the, you know the clothing and like don't don't get me wrong. I like I like some of the you know the designs of the of the, of the characters. They were kind of appealing, but you know their their purpose on the freaking movie. I mean the freaking series was bullshit. But anyway, we can talk about that in another episode or something. Unmuted. Oh, no, I, I totally understand. I mean, like, yeah, Macross Delta is just, it's its gay. I mean, it is. It's the truth. I mean, if someone's going to be offended by that, you know, then fuck them. I mean, like, it, it's some gay shit. And I'll be the first one to sit up here and say that. Um, but like I said, yeah. But, yo, there is a lot of gay shit in there. Yo, there yo, yo. Dude, there is. Yo. I, I, can't, I can't deny it. I, I cannot <laughs> deny it one bit. I mean, it's... It takes it to the nth degree, and they went out of their way to do it. They had to go out of their way to do that. 
you know, those designs, those concepts, and the way that they butchered the Zentrani tactical battle pod on top of that, they took one of the most iconic <laughs> mecha of all time and, and butchered it. Just utterly butchered it. That's not that's not even counting what, what they did with the characters, though. They screw up. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll start. Yeah, we'll start doing it on Saturdays. This is why I went to the app, though. I mean, just to answer that part of it, um, like what you said about the app. This is why I went to the app because this actually works. I mean, like Talkshu, the the problem is it just does not, it it doesn't translate over, you know, in the way that it should. And you can't do this kind of stuff and have that uncertainty. That's another reason why I stopped. Was Talkshu just broke down. And I was like, forget this. I gotta sit up here and figure out something else that's gonna work. And I came across this a while ago. And, you know, I had thought about doing it. And then I decided not to do it. Because I felt like, you know, things were changing in the, in the Robotech, you know, uh, fandom. And and things were moving in a different direction and Robotech fan as it stood no longer needed to exist like there was not a reasoning for it like everything that has been said has been archived therefore what am I going to do just go back and you know re-say what I or, or, or yeah basically yeah re-say what I already said I'm not going to do that so um th this app had a lot to do with it too it was the fact that now I can actually set it up where I can move on to a mobile platform, you know, and I have been surprised in the level of resistance that I've gotten from it. Um, definitely there has been resistance to the idea of using a mobile app for a conferencing slash podcasting system, because most people don't want to do that, you know, because in one sense you do eliminate the chat, in another sense though, uh, and I'm talking about like what you have, like, um, that you can read out and stuff like that but in another sense this is a true conferencing system that really does work for the kind of stuff that we do it, it just does you know and, and and that's that's what it comes down to is something that's really gonna work in the way that it's supposed to work 100 percent of the time you know and if I have technical difficulties with this well that's cool I can always grab another mobile device provided I have one on hand and I can run it that way you know where with TalkShoe, you know, if one computer doesn't work, don't worry. None of the other ones are going to be working either, you know. Um, and then the other problem that I ran into with TalkShoe is that it wasn't mobile-friendly. It's not a mobile-friendly site, you know. Um, and the, I saw this with my Xenoforce Reborn. So a lot of these guys um, that deal with my, my mod, uh, my game mod, we just did a release actually last night on it. Um, a lot of these guys uh, literally um, use mobile devices. So here they are trying to go to TalkShoe to download the episode, and they can't download the episode um, because TalkShoe is not mobile friendly, you know, um, or they weren't able to listen to it. Um, and it works on some mobile devices, TalkShoe doesn't, it doesn't work on others. So there were a lot of reasons to why, like, ultimately um, I had decided to just put it all on pause, give it a thought figure out is this what I want to do is it not what I want to do and I wasn't really big on the idea of fighting with a program for like the next year and a half to two years I was done with doing that and it's funny because when I started up my podcast again I went to talk show and it, and it wasn't working the way it was supposed to 
and the dude starts talking to me about from the technical support part of like listen all your stuff is clear everything's fine he's like are are you sure you have the most updated java scripting and i'm looking at him like i, I well i'm reading what he's saying and i and I'm, I'm looking at my screen that is and i'm thinking to myself what the hell is this guy talking about what does javascripting have to do with any of this like granted it, talk should may run through java but my java a is up to date b if it wasn't up to date it wouldn't make a difference anyways purely based on the fact that it's your program that's what it is it's your damn program you know it's not it's, it's not java's program so if you guys are at a point where you guys are basically outsourcing a piece of your program in order for people to use it i'm like forget this shit it's not even worth it you know i just don't believe it's worth it anymore you know and it, it's nothing against talk shoe um but the the last thing is this dude i started finding my podcast all over the place itunes um and there were some other places too and i'm like what like where on earth are these people getting my podcast from like i know where they're getting it from obviously talk shoe but but my point is people are listening to my podcast and they're not even using talk shoe to do it so why am i sticking with talk shoe other than for archiving purposes what other reason do i have to stay with talk shoe and i don't and, and that's just the bottom line to it i i literally do not have a reason to why I can justify um, staying with Talkshoe at this point. You know, I, I just don't. So it's it, it's nothing personal. It's just it comes down to processes and procedures and what works. I mean, you know, doing this the way we do, you know how this goes. I mean, <laughs> you you sit up here and tell people, hey, you're going to be here on this night at this time, and and they're cool if you're going to be late. But if you can't even log on, or if you can't even show up in terms of the actual chat, but you can see everybody else is there, that just turns people off. You know, that's what it does. So, um, that, that, those are my main reasons to changing over in platform and stuff like that. Um, I know it's not ideal for some people, uh, but everybody has a mobile device, you know, and over time things will change. I mean, they, they simply will. Um, and literally, the only thing I had to figure out was muting the mic. That was it, basically. Muting the mic, calling it like it is, and bam, that was it. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely we will have, I want to say, an episode, maybe not next week, but we'll have it the, the following week. We'll definitely have that. We might have it next week. Um, it will just depend on how I do Xenoforce, uh, Reborn, because... I'm trying to give like alter just the two of them and see how that works. The other thing though is this is that I am going to go be, be going back to Robotech Source. I'm going to be going back to doing that. Um, I am looking at doing a Robotech uh, going back to Robotech Zero Zero. I am looking at doing that too. Um, but I also have to do for Xenoforcer Board I, 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 for, for that project I have to start doing um, I want to say uh, replay commentaries and stuff like that. So for me, it's really just juggling, you know, the multiple projects that I have on a day-to-day -day basis, which is really not that big of a deal. Like, I mean, like, it doesn't hurt my feelings one way or another, like what I get done versus what I don't get done. But 
you have, you know, individuals that invest their time into it. And I want to make sure that I give the fair time to the individuals investing their time into it, you know. Um, so, like, for example, tonight you came and obviously we spent some time together. We didn't sit up here and spend like, you know, 15 minutes and go, okay, we're done. You know, we didn't do that. Um, but no, I, I am very interested to see how these live episodes go. Because uh, Maurice, he, he does a pretty good job. He really does in terms of bringing up content and stuff like that. He does. Um it's just, it comes down to, you know, um, time restraints and stuff like that, you know, and he finds his time is more restrained, uh, than what it was in the beginning where he could just, you know, talk for like three or four hours. But I honestly just don't think he ever thought he'd be up at like three to four in the morning doing some Robotech fan podcast. And it's like, oh, you, you, you never saw my earlier ones. That's what it is. That's what it is. But, um, no, Kaiser, it was great. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say? Muted. No, 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 that should be all. That, we can, we can go ahead and wrap it up. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where you're gonna, how you're gonna share this. I mean, I, I would like to see how, how you're gonna share this, uh, episode on, on social media. That'd be awesome. Because I was thinking about using, Using uh, Facebook lives, I mean Facebook live, um, like, but instead of, instead of, you know, putting our faces or putting your faces, I mean, just, um, I don't know, do something with, with this app, uh, just put like a, like an image and just, just the audio and, you know, make, I don't know. I mean, make uh, make people to you know to put comments, you know, like or you know, like like, like a chat or something like that. Like usually, what people what usually people do on Facebook live videos. So I don't know if that's gonna work out or something like that. But if you can if 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 it can be done, it'd be awesome. Like just do like like when it comes to social media, use this app. And on the bodies uh, or, or whatever, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I'm falling asleep. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we can go ahead and wrap it up. Um, and thank you. Thank you. And, and, and thank you all for listening. Unmuted. Oh, that's not a problem. Um, just real quick, uh, I I was suggested by uh, somebody for the Xenoforce Reborn thing Uh from a podcasting standpoint to actually just upload the audio to YouTube. That was his idea was to upload the audio to YouTube. And when I heard that at first I was like, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Cause if you do that, then it's not a podcast. That means that it's a, a YouTube episode. That's what it is. And now the more I look at it, you know, with these kind of durations and stuff like that, that may not be necessarily a bad way to actually do it. Um, because I know when I did my uh, Robotech um, uh, episode, the one that I recorded live, I got over like 24,000, um, you know, views on that, you know. And um, then I took it down because I just wanted to see what it would work as a piloted piece and then I, I got rid of it. Um so I might end up doing it like that, you know, uh, just 
yeah, just do it like what you said. Have the audio there, have the, you know, symbol there, free conference call, and then, of course, have, you know, a link down below where people can download the app, and my God, it, it would work out perfectly. So, YouTube might actually play a role in this, um, that or Facebook, but we will see. So, with that being said, guys, uh, I will talk to you later. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.